listening and welcome to Insight. I am Gino, your host, and sitting next to me, as always, or most of the time. No, I don't <laughs> think he's ever been absent. Mr. <laughs> Pastor Matt Van Braben. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's How's up? it going, brother? Good, man. Good. Doing okay. No, I do um, think I did. I did miss. I did miss the one show because my power was out. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. But I think <laughs> but I, I just can't canceled. Help that. I think I just canceled yeah. anyway. So <laughs> we had like a we had like a wicked we had like a wicked crazy storm and it just yeah. knocked my power out and it was like going on and off and on and off. So yeah, hard hard to maintain a signal when the power's going on and off. I can't seem to. Sometimes I can't maintain signal because the devil's a liar. Sometimes I can't maintain signal when it's sunny outside and it's perfect and my router's sitting right next to me. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> The internet like, gets I don't get it. sometimes. I don't yeah. get it. I don't know. It's weird. Some of the shows we talk about some, you know, some pretty hard topics, and I'm, you just start wondering: is it deep state stuff, cabal type things where they're shutting well, you down? Because I had my whole computer map literally shut off during a show. Yeah. I mean, well. like I've never. <laughs> it was like someone came over and pushed a button, held it down, and turned it off. So have you ever watched? You ever watched uh there's a there's a YouTube channel called Scammer Payback. Have you ever no. seen it? So it's this guy, his his name is Pierogi. That's like that's what he goes by is Pierogi. And basically, I guess to make a long story short, what got him inspired into doing that was because his like aunt had gotten scammed by these people in India out of like a lot of money. And so at this point he has like a whole like task force of scam baiters and he films it and he, he i mean he he gets so far in there that he'll log into their 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 security system their camera system and he'll be looking at them oh while God. he's talking while he's talking to them on the phone it's pretty incredible i'm like wow, wow that is unreal like he's literally watching them right now <laughs> he's like yeah yeah so you're the one in the cubicle right now with the blue shirt on and you can see him they freeze you know i mean you know what so it, i i think it I makes sense it I makes sense that. man that you know <clears throat> like back in that back in the day there was a there was this thing where you could like when they started playing online gaming and you started playing against like different people all over the world um <clears throat> there was hackers there was hackers that got in there and um, there was a one time I was playing online with a group of buddies and we were playing against a team and one of the guys must have been a hacker because they started talking all kinds of trash to this dude <clears throat> because even though he was cheating, which you could see, he was like walking through walls and everything. We're like, this guy's completely cheating, but we we're still owning him as a team. And so <clears throat> we just like went after this guy and he started he started like getting in the messenger, like warning us like you need to back off like you need to back off and my one buddy just wouldn't he wouldn't let up because he's just like he's that serious of a gamer that he was like i'm just i'm not letting this lie and so he really starts laying into this dude now keeping in mind we're all talking like you could hear him over the microphone we're all talking and he really starts laying into this dude calling him everything under the sun and then the next thing you know he gets disconnected from our group and we're like what happened now i know this guy personally uh, he actually lives like 15 minutes away from me. We were playing with some people, like one dude was from England. There was another dude from uh, California. We had a squad from all over the place, but he starts texting me and he's like, dude, you're not going to believe it. And I'm like, what? And he's like, literally, 
a message showed up on my screen that said, I warned you. And then all these smiley faces popped up on his screen and it fried his Xbox. Like literally killed his Xbox. Like crazy. Do not resuscitate. <laughs> like, do not resuscitate. Yeah, the dude somehow somehow cross-checked him and I don't know how got his IP. It's insane. You know, he got his IP and got into his system. I was like, wow. That yeah. cyber so I, warfare is real, man. Yeah, I like, believe I, it. Listen, I, had my, I believe that, it. Uh, we've had like the internet just disconnect and it's always on the same topic. So it's not like yeah. coincidence. Like, at all, well, that's weird. It could just, happen. no, no, no. It's happening specifically when we say certain things, boom, it just shuts out. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I also, well. yeah. I mean, and, and then um, the other thing is like, I don't know, you know, back 15 years ago, let's say it was, I remember the first time I was having problems with Microsoft and I called their like support thing or whatever. This, it might, even, yeah, yeah. it might be longer. I don't know. At least 15 years. And I call them up and it's some Indian guy says his name is Doug or something. Right. <laughs> and he's like, uh, sure it is. he's like, well, what's going on? You know, and I tell him what the issue was and he's like, oh, okay. He says, well, do this, do this. And uh, I'm going to remotely connect. And I'm like, what does that mean? You know, I'm thinking yeah. remote. What is it? What remote? All of a sudden my mouse is moving. He's looking at my screen. I'm like, yeah, yeah. like that was 15, 20 years ago. Like, yeah, they screen share. That's oh, what, that's what they yeah. do now to, um, that's what they do now to trick you. You know, they, they call you and they say, like, you know, your McAfee software has, has worn out and your computer's yeah. in danger. And you need to pay, you know, X amount of dollars to renew it. And, you know, they they mostly they mostly go after elderly people. That's exactly. Because, oh, my gosh. It literally just happened to my neighbor yesterday. Two days ago. Yeah, because they they're, they're none the wiser. They, yeah. they attempted it. Yeah. They attempted it with my wife. And they put this they put this pop up on her computer. This pop up showed up on her computer. And she's like, my computer's frozen. I can't do anything. And this this person's saying that I need to call them. I'm like, nope, nope. I've literally been watching this dude. I know that this is what they're doing. So I went right in there and I deleted the error message and I restarted her computer and it worked perfectly. I was like, see, that was that was an attempt is what that was, you know? And so that's the crazy thing is that's how this guy on Scammer Payback gets him is he does a voice changer so he sounds like an like an old lady and he lets him into his computer but while they're perusing around in his like fake computer he's reverse he's reversing and going into theirs because i guess once you open that 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 bridge i can now go in there so while while he's like just basically like it's really funny while he's like just trying to pretend like he's you know old and technically incompetent and he keeps doing things wrong. He's actually deleting their files and downloading all their stuff and like literally wiping their computer, <laughs> like while the, while the, while they're doing it, it's actually pretty incredible. And then, then, you know, sometimes they'll figure it out and then they'll lose connection. And he's like, Oh, they caught me, but not until I took like a hundred thousand files from them. <laughs> it's like, it's, <laughs> like, it's pretty incredible. Like I'm happy that there are at least some people out there that are trying to take a stand for it, you know, because I you would, no, my brother-in-law got it. My brother-in-law got it, and they got him good. You know, they got him good. And Did he give him the credit card? No, no. They one of the things that they do is they tell you that you need to go to a store and you need to buy gift cards. And then what you do, like it was someone supposedly from Amazon that was telling him that his account got hacked, and 
whatever, whatever, whatever. And that in order to restore the funds, he needed to go and get these gift cards and he was none the wiser and he went and did it, you know, and ended up giving them the pins to these gift cards. And there's no recovering that there's no reconnaissance. There's no, there's no way that you could actually like recoup your funds. They're just gone. They're out in the ether at that point. And the funny thing was, it's not really funny, but literally like a week before this happened, I watched an episode of that and it was the very same thing. So when Valerie started explaining to me what was happening and I was like, oh my gosh, I know exactly what happened. I literally just watched a whole episode about this, about how they're doing that. Why would any place like Amazon or Microsoft tell you to go to Target and buy gift cards? That doesn't make any sense. I know. But see, just like you said, they're preying upon the elderly. My next right. neighbors are early 80s. So it happens. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I can promise you at least once a week, she's calling me, you know, my email, I'm getting them. And I've told her, I said, don't open a single thing. If a pop-up comes on, ignore don't. it. Like, just tell me, don't do anything. Because, you don't know, do it. the first time it ever happened, I think it was an Amazon thing. And the guy says, oh, you know, um, he called or something and said, you, you know, you ordered a TV like an mm -hmm. 80 inch tv for like a thousand bucks or something and uh and she's like no i didn't order he's like he's like oh are you sure and she gave him his, her debit card number so he could check <laughs> right and it's mm -hmm. like and so she tells me like i think it was a couple hours later i'm like oh my gosh i said call the bank immediately and he had already shut like, that card off yep they were already hitting it and stuff so it's you know but it's sad man they go after all these old people because they know they don't understand technology and they and they're a trusting age group you know i mean they they go back you know 50s and you know 40s 50s and 60s when people actually trusted each other and they're well i don't think they I don't think they understand i don't think they understand the capabilities of people today mm -hmm. you know i mean <laughs> there's no there's no limit <laughs> to how far that they could reach you know into into your into your life if you allow them to and they'll bankrupt you they are not concerned you know, they're not concerned. And the sad part about it is a lot of those people that work at those call centers are forced to work there. You know, they're, they're forced to work there. They get a job thinking that it's just a, a, you know, a regular job. And then once they discover what it is, they get threatened with violence if they try to leave. So they basically become <clears throat> slaves, you know, cause I, I watched one episode where I saw a dude and he was like, I, he's like, I literally can't, I can't do this my family will be in danger. Like I can't do this because the guy was like, just tell me who's running the call center and I'll have the police over there right now. And he's like, I can't. I was like, wow. Talk about being in handcuffs, just trying to provide for your family. I mean, I don't believe that they're all bad people. I really don't. I do think some of them are just victims of circumstance, you know, because there's not a lot of opportunity there. My wife went to, uh, she went to Mumbai to train um, for a call center and um to train them and there's like two there's like two classes there either you're at the top of the heap or you're at you're you know you're you're down in the soil it's it, there's just no middle ground and one of the things that she struggles with with her indian agents is the fact that they are drastic drastic over over overachievers you know because it's a rarity that you can get a job that pays you a decent amount and it's consistent and everything else. And so they're constantly trying to reinvent the wheel. And she's always telling them, don't, don't, don't stop overanalyzing this stuff. Like, why are you going so far into these claims? You're supposed to stop like five pages ago, but they're just trying to do their due diligence because, you know, they're trying to make sure their position is secure. 
it's a that's a whole nother mentality it's a whole nother thought process it yeah, sure I, is i agree there's people in all of these systems that you know they're there to, to make a living they might have had the best intentions when they started but then they're trapped in a system and they know they're going to get in trouble if they try to get out or tell about it or whistleblow whatever yeah and it's yeah. sad it's sad there's there's lots of that going on right now I mean, like, you know, well, I mean, like it happens collect. everywhere. It even happens here yeah. where people get they get caught exactly. in the situations and now they're in it, you know, and it's like, well, I didn't expect that it was going to turn out this way. But now here I am. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? I bet <clears throat> there's tons of politicians that are in very similar situations like they're still I'm, good. Well, people, yeah, I got to believe that they're not all corrupt. Yeah. Yeah. They're just stuck there and they're like man if i come out and start whistleblowing about this stuff they're all coming after me and my family like yeah never to be it. seen like, again yeah it's scary <laughs> never to but, be seen again but, man you're you're but, a modern day jimmy hoffa that's true but at some point matt we all have to stand up for truth, that's the right? truth i mean it's i know it's like i get it like if you're putting people in danger then yeah obviously you have to get that situation under control the best you can but eventually the truth has to come out like, well that's the we thing i, I told my kids and told my kids when I was, uh, you know, when they were growing up that, you know, you have to be willing to take a stand for yourself. You know, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for everything. That's just the way that it is. You know, you'll you'll find yourself in a repeated cycle of just why am I constantly in this stuff? And it's because you won't take a stand against it. And that's just what it is, you know. So I think that's, uh, you know, that's why there's a value of shows that are like this and a lot of a lot of the other shows that people are out there just trying to take, you know, trying to take it by the rain, the reins and tell the truth, because it's like, come on, man, <laughs> you know, if we just keep letting this happen to us, we can't complain that it's happening. You know what I mean? That's the truth. Right. right. You know, we but, can't complain know, about what they're teaching our kids if we're not trying to make a difference. You know, you know, start stop feeding those systems. Start homeschooling your kids if you're worried about what they're teaching them. You know, hit them in their pocketbooks to, to let them know that there are more there are more ants than there are grasshoppers. Just so you know, to, we have to extend grace to those people. Hence, absolutely tonight's, tonight's show regarding grace, the grace of grace, God. the grace, grace. God's grace has been extended to all of us who believe in. That's heaven. right. And Matt, I you remember. Bet. Growing up Catholic, it was all about do this, do this, do that, and then mm -hmm. you can cross it off the list and God God will forgive you. But then there was always something more that was added. You always had to do something. A couple yeah. of Hail Marys. Yeah. Say say uh, 10 Our Fathers, 10 Hail Marys, help the lady across the street, you know, make bake cookies or something. And it was always something, always. And then, then the, my favorite one was Lent. So Lent would come around and you'd have this Fat Tuesday, right? And you would chow down on all these sweets Bunchies. and all that stuff. And then, <laughs> right. then, then all of a sudden you're holy and you had to like <laughs> give up something. So, you know, for 40 days. So I would always give up candy. And, but then I'll be darn Matt, If about maybe, mm, I was probably about 15, maybe 14 or 15. And I remember my mom's like, Oh, well on Sundays you can go ahead and have a cheat day <laughs> during that. Oh. So, so like it was only six days a week. So I, the cool thing was, is apparently you were able to, you know, whatever you had sacrificed, and I use that in quotes, you were able to unsacrifice and go ahead and eat that or drink that on Sundays. Um, and then Fridays was Sounds like a no, good, good deal. Yeah. Fridays was no meat. It was only uh, seafood, I believe. Yeah. Seafood. 
So, which was yeah, yeah. fun because I, I loved seafood. So I had all you can eat fish and chips on Friday. <laughs> it's so, <laughs> it's so funny. When yeah, you were think, you were really suffering for it. Oh man, I was just yeah sacrificing everything. Uh, but it's funny how you think that that's okay. Like when you're in it, I get it. Like I was in it deep. So like it was like, oh man, I am really doing something for God. I am really showing him that I care. And I had no idea what grace was. Zero. Literally zero. I, I couldn't have told you. I didn't even know it existed. I knew the song Amazing Grace. I had heard that before. But didn't know what it was about. Didn't know that God reached down to humanity through his son. Sacrificed him on a cross. He rose three days later. And if we would just put our trust and belief in him and follow him, he would extend that grace to us. And we could literally be guilt-free. And I, because man, Matt, let's face it, <clears throat> the Catholic Church kept me under a lot of guilt for a lot of years. And they still, did. there's a lot of people trapped in there with a lot of guilt. So if you're Catholic, it's not to offend Catholics. We don't want to offend, you know, Catholic people. I'm not saying, um, you know, there's no Christians in, in the Catholic faith. Of course there is. There's, if, if you put your belief and trust in Jesus alone, then you're saved. You know, you've, you've been bought by his blood and you understand that. Awesome. But if you're trying to do it by works and you think you've earned favor with them, you're going to be sadly disappointed. And um, and not only sadly disappointed, you will be let down time and time again because you think that God owes you something when he doesn't owe you anything. He already did it for you. And that's religion. I mean, Matt, that's, that's really every religion in the world other than what we believe as Christians. Would you agree? Yeah, I would say so. I would say so the 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 legalistic aspect of it. Um yeah, I mean I don't I don't agree with it, but you know <laughs> that's just the way it is, you know. I mean, I actually I gave a I gave a message at one point about grace. And I'm trying to think of what the terms there's there's three forms of grace that are given and I'm trying to think of one of what the three forms are. I know one of them is the prevenient grace, which is, you know, the grace that's given even when it's not deserved. You know, that's the, that's the grace that we received from, you know, the crucifixion. You know, that was a grace that was given even when it was undeserved. And so I'm trying to think of what the term was. I did that such a long time ago, but it's funny that you bring it up. Yeah, that uh, grace has been extended to us without any of our own merits. That's the amazing right. thing. That's why it's, that's why he wrote that song, Amazing Grace. Like when you understand it, Matt, I remember when I when it hit me like a ton of bricks, what grace was, because I I was, I'd say I was a Christian maybe at that point a month, but I still did not understand it wasn't by works. And then I'm reading Romans one night, and I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute, wait what? wait, I don't have to like, is this saying I don't have to do anything? Like he did it all. Like I, and I remember it just like <laughs> right. kept hitting me and I was just like, man, I was blown away, literally blown away. Like, because all I knew my entire life up until 33 years old was that you just had to do things. And then, and then, you know, it was kind of like an arbitrary God, to be honest, like maybe he was going to forgive you. Maybe he wasn't you know it's like that scale did, did you have enough good or bad deeds you know did it outweigh the, the bad um you know some days were better than others and god had this tally board up in heaven that he was marking every time i screwed up <laughs> you know it was like this he's beating me over the head with a hammer and when i found out he was all loving all caring 
And yes, Olive Eleven, unmerited, unmerited favor is what grace is. And just so thankful, man. Like you, that's you. That makes you want to do good. That makes you want to yeah. do good works, right? It's not. It's not discipline and beating you over the head and saying you're a bad person that makes people want to do good. It's when it isn't when you're extended. Yeah, I know you tried. You tried, but <laughs> it's when you're extended that hand of grace and you see that 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 he loves you unconditionally, like literally loves every bit of you because he formed you, made you, fashioned you in his own image. Then you realize, oh my gosh, like this is incredible. Like how could he love me? I know my thoughts and <laughs> they're not really good all the time, Matt. Absolutely. I can't believe I actually, I actually found, I no, found the sermon notes. <laughs> awesome. Yes. I found Donahue, the sermon notes. Wrote, Romans 9 is an aha moment for many. It was. It was Romans 9, and it blew me away. I was literally, I remember, I was in my old house, sitting on my couch, reading it, and I'm thinking, this cannot be true. Like, this is literally blowing my mind. Like, I, I because, I, I, Matt, I am not joking. Like, my whole life, it was about penance, you know, going and doing this, do that. It was like this long laundry list of items I had to do. And then never measuring up. You just never measure up to that goal or whatever the achievement you think you have to to measure up to and when i discovered that man it was like freedom liberty light bulb not a license to sin i always got to throw that that disclaimer out there let's throw it up right now let's get going early <laughs> yeah let's not, get it spinning let's get it spinning it's not about just going out and do whatever you're you know what what is it uh what does alistair crowley say do what thou will or the will of the law should be what ever ask something like that whatever it's stupid <laughs> it's like satan's laws do whatever you want and that's not what we're saying you don't have a license to go out and just you know commit adultery or kill somebody that you don't like it's but there is this favor and grace over us that is extended that we are sinners while we were yet sinners christ died for us and that's an amazing thing tam girl good to see you too i'm late but don't let that stop y'all we won't tam girl and you know what to be honest me and Matt have talked about this. We should just start at eight o'clock, Matt. Because <laughs> no one, no one gets here till about almost eight anyway. Usually, it seems. Well, like that's all right. You know, we can get we get the conversation warmed up. We're talking to each other, brother. Yeah, Come right. on, man. Come on. We're getting the microphones warmed up. Right. Exactly. Right, so go. So go ahead. What were the three? Uh, okay. So the three the three forms of grace are um, the first form is pervenient grace, which is the one that I I mentioned to you before. You know, that's uh that's God's grace that is an operation before we are in any way aware of it or even deserving of it. That's pervenient grace. Um, before you were a twinkle in your mother's eye, you received grace. That's pervenient grace. The second is justifying grace. Now, justifying grace is that's God's grace that restores us to God as we become aware of God's love for us. That's your justifying grace. And then the, the last level is the sanctifying grace. The sanctifying grace is the grace that brings us closer to God by to God's way throughout our lives. That's where we that's where we learn to live more like God. That's where we get that sanctifying grace. We become more sanctified. Now there are none completely sanctified 100% this side of heaven. Um, I will I will stand on that hill and I will die for it. But the fact of the matter is, that's the deal. So. First, we get that grace that even before we deserve it, then we get the understanding, which brings justification in our belief. And then we get the sanctification, which helps us to live a more godly life. Those are the three the three stages of grace that in which God is given to us. 
I don't know if you've ever heard it like that, but I actually went through and I did this whole study about grace. And, and I think because it's just, it's, it, people have a, they have a difficulty understanding, um, you know, the, the, the conversation, the idea of what grace truly is. And the reason being is because we live in this fallen world with a fleshly, with a flesh understanding. And we think to myself, we think to ourselves like, oh man, you know, if someone did these evil things to me, I would really, I would really have a hard time. I don't think I'd ever forgive them. You know, so it's kind of hard for us to, to fathom that level of, of true grace and compassion could be given to us, even when we don't deserve it. And so I had to kind of break it down because I think another aspect is it, it's, it's, it's probably easier for most people to give grace to others over themselves. Oh yeah. Yeah, I would agree. You know, forgiving you, it may be easier for you to forgive you, forgive others that have wronged you, but to forgive yourself is a whole nother level. It's a whole nother level. It's like, you know, I was actually just reading up on this thing um, about the, in the Bible where it says, you know, if, if you're struck on the cheek, then turn the other cheek. And so about that whole conversation about that. And it's like, okay, so what you're saying is if someone hits me on in my face, go ahead. It's not about if, if it's self-defense, that's a whole different subject. No, no, I know. I know. That's yeah, the whole thing. About being that's, offended. Yeah. that's like the, that's the thing. It's like people right away, they think, well, okay, I'll just turn my other cheek and take another swat. No, it's, it's to turn the side of injury away. It's to turn your anger away and to, to be able to deal with them with grace. Even in a situation like that, it has to do with grace. It is to turn away the side of injury and anger and turn the side that is not experiencing those things. It's not to say, well, just turn the other side and let them swat you again. Because <laughs> I don't think, you know, no one's signing up for it's that. Like, <laughs> like those slap contests. You ever see those guys? Where they're I've seen it and it's completely absurd. I don't oh even understand it. Like, how does that even exist? <laughs> like, I mean... Aside from maybe some teenage boys goofing around in a backyard, but no, these are full-grown men, I know, and they're crazy. they're smacking the daylights out of each other, <laughs> like brain damage, popped eardrums. Come on, it ain't fun. No, that was well done, Matt. Uh, about the, um, I, I, yeah, you turn your cheek. I know a lot of people, a lot of Christians think, oh my gosh, yeah. So you know, if something's threatening me, then I just turn the other cheek. No, that's that's not what that means. You have every right to defend yourself and your family, especially. Um, right. I mean, that's what we're called to do as men too—to protect our families, protect our wives, our children, uh, and also defend ourselves. I mean, and, and, absolutely. And, you know, it's, I, Matt, but unfortunately, that there's scriptures that have been taken out of context, like that one. Imagine it that. Has done, it has done great harm to the body of Christ because there has been incidents where people have, you know, someone came in a church and opened opened up fire, and they're like, "Well, I guess this is just execution day. We're all going to heaven today." Like. Like, what do you mean? Like, you're to defend life at all costs. Like, that's above all yeah. things. You know, what greater yeah. love is there for someone than to lay down their own life? Sure, absolutely. Like, that's, you know, Jesus did it for us, right? So, yep, yeah. For sure. And anyway, all right. So let's, so Mike Winger, I like Mike Winger. I think he's got a lot of good stuff. Mike Winger. Um, he's, this video is kind of talking about like, you know, that earning it, trying to earn your way. And yeah, yeah. it's it's just a YouTube short. It's only a minute long or whatever. But this is the mindset that a lot of us still have as Christians. And we really have to break free of earning it instead of just trying to bear fruit. There's a there's a, a difference. And I we'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. But let's watch this video. 
grace that God has extended towards me. According to Romans, it's the grace we stand in. How can we walk in obedience to Christ without falling into a works-based salvation frame of mind? One tip I would give you would be to not think that God is distancing himself from you based upon your current behaviors. So that if you fail in some way, you are not thinking, the Holy Spirit is far from me now. Because now I'm starting to treat my daily practical Christian life like it's based upon my works obedience. If you're a Christian, you are constantly in that Abba Father ultimately close to God relationship at all times. Remind yourself of that. Encourage yourself in that. Another thing I'd say is study the scriptures carefully. When I study the New Testament carefully, I understand the anchor of salvation and peace and constant grace that God has extended towards me. According to Romans, it's the grace we stand in. How can we walk in obedience to Christ without falling into a works-based salvation frame of mind? Okay. Uh, did you see what Curious Patriot put? Literally just came upstairs to watch with my <laughs> watch with my sardines and heat street pineapple and cherry. Happy. All right. Money. Enjoy bro. that. Ab Matt. He likes it. He likes it. Awesome. Thank and you. We will be uh, throwing Matt's website up here in a little bit for his hot sauce. Yeah. Thank you. Trying for that. to do that on all the shows. Promote. Matt's I was wondering if I wonder if they got a chance to try it because I know that I know that we ordered it, but I just was wondering if they got a chance to try it. Yeah, drop me a drop me a review on my website, man. <laughs> yeah, I've heard a couple, let people man, know that you like everybody, it. Everybody, everybody seems to like it, Matt. It's a little yeah, hot for yeah. me, but you're you're gonna make me a special one. Kind well, I am actually gonna somewhere. I'm gonna make a um, a tomatillo verde, and that one you might actually you might actually be able to handle that one. Matt, we have children um, watching. Please watch your language. <laughs> what, what, that, what was that? <laughs> a tomatillo. A tomatillo uh, verde sauce, it, you know, a green sauce using oh. like tomatillo chilies and, and gotcha. you know, gr you know, green tomatoes and things like that. Um, but that one's going to be milder because I'm only using a jalapeno as a base. So you might be able yeah, to work. handle that I, one. I can handle the jalapenos. Yeah. I know you can, buddy. I believe in you. Sard I don't know if I like sardines. I've had anchovies. I love anchovies, but I don't I can't remember if I've eaten sardines or not. Probably. I mean, they're kind of the same, aren't they? Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean. They're, I mean, they're very similar, right? They're little fish. <laughs> Basically. <they're> <laughs> little salty fish. Yeah. You know, I mean, I love, I remember I love when I worked at Little Caesars like years ago when I was like 14 and someone would order them on the pizza. I didn't even want to touch them. I know. You know, the anchovies, I didn't even want to touch them. I'm just like, I can't believe that people eat that. I can't believe that people eat it. It blew my mind, but there are people that love it. When you worked at the pizza place, I worked at Domino's. So we, when our friends would order something, we would just like stack all their like all the stuff no one wanted under the cheese, so you didn't know it was there. Oh yeah, yeah. And Why not? You'd surprise them with all that stuff. <laughs> Anchovies. They're like, like this they tastes hate. funny. Oh yeah, we put everything on there, but it was fun. <laughs> not even. Yeah, the same. They... Oh okay, all right. Well, I don't know. Is sardines salty? I don't. <laughs> I've never, I I've never had... actually eaten either one of them. To be honest with you, I've had. Um... You know, I've had things that have like uh, anchovy oil and stuff in it, you know, like Caesar, Caesar dressings and things like that, that have like anchovy oil. And there's actually a, there's an Italian, it's, it's kind of like a flatbread that they put like anchovy oil and everything on it. And I've had that yeah, and it's pretty yeah. good, but I've never actually eaten just the, the little, the fish. So never he says anchovies that. are more like saltwater baby clams. Hmm. Okay. Oh, I don't know. I'll have to try them. I, my daughter okay. eats them all the time. 
She loves that. Well, song. dude, if you'll eat the kibble, then you you should be able to eat that. <laughs> kibble. It's kibby. Come on. Come on. <laughs> how, ins- how insulting. <laughs> <laughs> like if you can eat that, I'm sure you can I'm sure you can slam down some sardines. Yeah, the kibby is raw lamb. It's ground lamb with a bunch of different herbs and spices. It's delicious with uh, olive yeah, oil on top and you can cut up some. The only thing wrong with it is that it needs to be cooked. anyways i'll give you some grace on that one yes thank you tam girl i believe now that you mentioned with the sauce i'm pretty sure i've had tomato sauce like like pasta with uh sardines in it now that you mentioned it so chewy and tasty Hmm. see i don't okay Mm. so like okay calamari is chewy and i do like me some calamari whether it's fried man my aunt used to make the best calamari it looked like bacon she would make it like in strips and it would be on like oh, wow. a long wooden skewer just like bacon and then she would put like i don't know garlic and pepper and all these other spices on top oh it was so good oh my put gosh. some love on there really man. chops wow. man I, yeah you can order anchovies on the side man or, or get them right on top i sometimes me and my daughter if we order from uh I don't know, jets or something from around here. We'll get the anchovies on the side. I don't like when they put them on there. I like putting them on myself because I don't want too many of them, but one or two on each piece. Delicious. Mm-hmm. And there we go, yeah. Matt. We're talking about food again. Well, listen, it's part of life, man. It's a necessity. There's certain things that we absolutely have to do. We need to eat food. <laughs> we need mm-hmm. to breathe air. And we're all going to die one day, so get over it. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's true. Good point. <laughs> like it is what it is. It All is right. what it is. All right. Uh, so okay. So Winger was talking there about you know people trying to earn their way, basically, right? Just trying to do it on a works based thing, and and that's what I was saying. He kind of reiterated what I was saying that like if you're trying to do it based on works, and you're just man, I was so good today, Matt. I only sinned one time. I'll I'll never forget this conversation. Okay. So I used to go to this Bible study with my friend Jason. And we had one at his house one night. And there was probably, I don't know, 15, 20 of us. And there was this new guy there. And, man, this this dude, he just thought he knew everything. <laughs> and so he would interrupt every time we were getting into something. He was interrupting and putting his two cents in, whatever. And we were being very patient with him, as Christians do, Matt. All Christians are very patient, aren't they? Absolutely, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like a prerequisite <laughs> before, you jo- before you join the team. Right, right. So he's, he's at the end of the night, he's, this is, oh gosh, I'm kind of conflating two different nights because he was actually at another one and that was a very interesting night too, but I'm, I'm going to stick with this one. So he's basically at the end of the night, he's like, he's like, yeah, man. He's like, you know, I haven't sinned in three days <laughs> and he's bragging about it. And I'm like, and I'm like, wait, 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 what are you, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like you haven't sinned. I said, we're all sinners, like saved by grace. Like you, you. Well, that's a once, sin right there, though. You're being braggadocious. I, well, and, I, that's, it's also pride driven. That's where I was going. <laughs> that's what I ended up telling him. I said, you know, by the way, you're sitting right now, right? You get it? <laughs> like, this is pride. But anyway, I. Th- the funny thing was, I was telling him, I'm like, listen, man, once you're a sinner, you can't go back, right? There's no turning. You, you can't go from perfect. Like if, 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 if perfect is tainted, then it's not perfect. And it can never be perfect again. It's impossible. It's, a, it's impossible for that to happen. So, you know, I'm trying to explain it to him. And he's just like, he's like, oh, man, but, you know, the Bible says we're not to sin. I said, of course we're not to sin. That we're, we're all trying to avoid that. That's the trap. But that's that's what the flesh and the spirit's all about. 
resisting, crucifying the flesh daily, uh, crucifying the flesh, renewing your mind daily, all these things, being transformed and renewing of your mind. All these things are fighting that natural tendency in our carnal state to do bad things or to do things that satisfy our, you know, wants and desires. And it's, he just, I don't know, he couldn't get it through his head, Matt. But then, ironically, a week later, I'm listening to the Bob Duco show here in Detroit. Well, Bobby Dukes. And he's taking calls. And who calls in but this guy? <laughs> he's like, uh -oh. and he's basically doing the same thing on the radio. And I'm, I mean, I was literally embarrassed for him. I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy's making a fool of himself. And Bob's just kind of like, you know, being patient with them, whatever. And then Bob's like, well, you know, I, I uh, disagree with you on pretty much every point. Things <laughs> that's... Is there an echo? No, no, that, that was my fault. Sorry. <laughs> Technical so, difficulties. I, this guy apparently didn't learn anything from our Bible studies. And then there was another night that was just even more. He was accusing me of all kinds of things. And I was just like, out of 30 guys, he's going after me the whole night. And I'm like, what did I, I didn't even say anything. <laughs> and he's attacking me like... I don't know. He was, there was something wrong with this guy. I felt bad for him. Hopefully he's come around since then. That was, gosh, that was probably 10 years ago at least. But um, that's the attitude though. See, like, if you think, oh man, I'm just going to check another sin off my list. I I did that. I had a, I literally had a list where I'm like, okay, cool. I've, I've accomplished another one. That one will never come back. It'll never rear its ugly head. You know, whatever that particular sin was or vice it was for me. And if you're doing that, you are, will never, ever feel complete you will never have peace and joy you'll have no liberty <laughs> you're going to be restrained by your own you know thoughts of good works and and bad deeds like it's it's a never-ending cycle matt thank god for his grace yes sir absolutely oh you know another thing uh, just a little house cleaning real quick here it is gino's birthday we no, need to say that, thank you to no, Gino. No, that was that was yesterday. It's over. It's, well, that's okay. We we need to say happy birthday to Gino. Everybody give <laughs> happy birthday uh, to Gino because he just celebrated a birthday. Twenty four yeah, well, hours. You've only been one year older for twenty four hours. <laughs> all right. I'm trying to forget all the birthdays now at this point. Like, no, no, no. I mean, I'm thankful. No, Don't give the me time stamps. The like, time Lord, stamps, brother. Thank you. Thank you for another year on your earth. But but I got to tell you, like. I, I don't really, like, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, it's my birthday, yay, right, whatever. Like, we didn't even have cake and ice cream yesterday. <laughs> it's like, I don't even care well, at this point. Like, it's, who gives a crap? Like, Ange uh, says I have a big thing about birthdays, to be honest with you, because I'm not, I'm not big into being celebrated. Uh, it's not my deal. Yeah, I don't know uh, either. I didn't grow up, I didn't grow up like that um my my house wasn't like that so i just don't make a big emphasis but Ange always wants to make a big deal about it you know it's like when my uh when my mother-in-law met me i was 15 years old and i'd never had a birthday cake and so she was like no you have to have a birthday cake and so she she made me a birthday cake every year even though i don't and i don't like cake Put the disclaimer up. I don't like cake. <laughs> so like, I, and I, I'm more of a pie person than cake. But, you know, I mean, homemade cake, homemade buttercream frosting, make everybody happy. But it was just, it was a whole thing. I have a big thing about being celebrated. I'm just not, I'm not good at it. <laughs> I'm the so. same way. Like, they on my 50th, I just turned 54, but on my 50th, 
they did my my uh, wife's like well we're gonna have a party for you and i'm like no 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 i don't want any she's like it won't be a surprise it's just gonna be a party with all our relatives and friends and stuff and i'm like oh i don't want to do it it was fun man i mean i had a good time like you know a bunch of people showed up and cousins and aunts and uncles and friends and you know, and they're giving me old school, like, stupid T-shirts. And <laughs> it was, it was awesome. a good time. But uh, I was thankful awesome. for that. Tam Grell, happy, yes, uh, happy anniversary. 42 years. 42 wedding. years. Wow, that's, Congratulations. that's amazing. So our birth, a, my birthday honor. and her anniversary on February 6th. Very cool. You know what else? Right. Uh, that's Ronald The Ray birth Ray. of two things took place in that day. <laughs> the birth true. of Gino yeah. and the birth of a 42-year-long beautiful oh, oh look at that oh thank you thank you tam girl thanks for the can here's the can yeah. cheers cheers to you thank you and your husband you know i matt my wife and i let's see we just passed our 25th wedding anniversary so 29 together i remember when i met her like i and, and this is what i was like contemplating the other day and I, this is off the beaten path again <laughs> we've done this all night but well, i i was literally thinking about how strange time is isn't it weird? Like we, like when you're a kid, time seems like it's standing still. It just never, like I remember when I was six years old thinking, I can't wait till I'm, you know, 10 so I can get that, that cool bike. Like so-and-so has, to, you know, that, that 10 year old. So I can ride the at, big kid rides the at big, the amusement yeah. park. And then it's like, you know, you can't wait till you're 16. So you get your driver's license, 18 to, to vote. Yeah. And then all your 21. buddies who don't have cars start mooching rides from you. And you're like, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got. They gave us gas money though, <laughs> gas money. But you know yeah. what? But you know what I mean? Like it, like time just seemed to stand still. But I got to say, from like twenty-one to twenty-four, it seemed like time sped up a little bit. Then from twenty-four yeah. to like when I got married, twenty-eight, it seemed like it flew by. That now, I can't even. I cannot believe how fast twenty years went by. Like, well, do you I, know why? I'm sure you do. I'm sure you know why because it's the same. It, it, it honestly, it, it does coincide with the very same things that we struggle with in our, in our walk. There's so many distractions. When you're a kid, how many distractions did you have? What are you going to sure. eat for lunch today? Who, who's <laughs> going to be your playmate for the day? You know, like, yeah. are we climbing trees or are we riding bikes? You know, the, the year seemed like it took forever to get to Christmas. It seemed like it took forever to get to a birthday because you had nothing going on. You know, and then all of a sudden when you're raising a family and you're running a business and, you know, you have all these things pulling you in every direction. Yeah, time flies by. Literally, I I, I basically I haven't officially announced my retirement from trades, but I, I haven't worked in trades in a year. And the year has gone by so fast because of working on my pastoral, doing all my business stuff, you know, like. And now I, every day, it just seems like the hours just fly past me. You know, I'm sitting here trying to get in contact with stores. I'm working on marketing. I'm working product development. And the next thing you know, you're like, wow, I've been sitting here for five hours. Like I, I didn't even realize it because you're just so focused on all the things that need to get done. You're not focusing on how much time has passed. So that's why it's important to take that time and carve that time out to prioritize your, you know, your reading in the word, your prayer life, and even your life with your family, you know, there has to be a balance. And, you know, I guess that goes back to that same conversation is giving yourself a little grace from being so distracted. <laughs> right. <laughs> because it's easy to do, especially now in this day and age where there's so many things to pull your attention. There's so many things to grab your attention. 
and literally like just pull you on like a complete doom scroll. You start watching one video on, on your phone and the next thing you know, you're like an hour's past and you're playing, you know, now you're playing a game because you saw an ad and it looked like it was fun. And then you're like, Oh great. Now I've been stuck on this game for two weeks. Like it's just, it's simple. It's really easy how it happens, but that's why time just, you know, it's like, I think it's a tale as old as time. You know, there's always the, the, the older folks that are like, Oh, just, enjoy it while you're young because i don't know how i got here and you know and it's just like yeah sure i know how you got there you lived for 65 years that's how you got there <laughs> but they're just like you blink and you're in the next phase of your life and it's, that's the it's truth insane. man i i can't keep up honestly like uh chop said i outgrew celebrating my birthdays years ago I, i'm trying to remember like i think the last one i really like thought about like oh i'm excited i mean it was probably like in my 30s like i don't after that, it was all about my kids. It was about my wife, you know, and even my wife, she could care less about birthdays. Like we don't get each other gifts. We usually do have a cake, but we didn't even do that this time. Um, she, we were too busy. She brought me out to dinner the night before because she had to work on my birthday. So it was like, like, that's about it. We go out to eat. I enjoy eating. So I guess that's fun. But like, I don't really like get into it anymore. And it's, it's not like these uh, milestone birthdays. Like I could care less. Like, I mean, I'm. It's weird, Matt, like in my mind, I think I'm 21. I really believe that. Like, I really think, oh yeah, I could do that. And then when I'm working. You're in a state I'm, of arrested development. Is that what you're saying, oh, Gina? Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, <laughs> is, is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> but I gotta tell you, when I'm working, I feel young when I'm working because I'm not really, I'm focused on the work, not the pain going on in all my Right, it's not till afterwards when you stop. Oh man, baby, when I get out of the car and I'm I'm walk, walking like an old man for a couple minutes till my knees start, you know, straightening up and stuff like it's like Listen. And I look at these guys, I see these guys, Matt, these trades guys at Home Depot right every day. And it, you know, oh, yeah. they're in a crowd like maybe early 60s, mid 60s and they're hunched over and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was on job sites place. a lot where I would see dudes who could barely even walk <clears throat> and they're still there. And I'm just like, wow. I mean, I, I really feel sorry for you because this beats me up. I'm in pain right now. I can't imagine what your pain is like, you know, just just the simple things like just getting around has got to be tough. You know, I helped a, I helped a buddy of mine do a camera job because he went, he went into business for himself and he ended up with a, a camera job last week. And it was, it was much too big for him to handle on his own. And so he asked if I could come help, you know, again, I told you, I've been completely removed from like all that work. I was with him for like 10 hours and literally the next two days after that, I could hardly even walk. <laughs> like, I mean, it was the same thing. I, I, got, I got right back into that zone like I'd always done before. You know, I'm just swinging extension ladders. And, you know, we're in this uh, big warehouse and <clears throat> there was so much stuff in this warehouse. There was like cars, there was boats, there was so much stuff. And so I'm having to walk with an extension ladder, like straight up and down, you know, just all throughout this warehouse all day long. And literally the next day, my shoulders hurt, my arms hurt, my abs hurt, my back hurt, my legs hurt. I was like, wow, you know, I mean, I was so conditioned for it. I'm just not conditioned for it anymore. No, and the worst because, part is it takes like three times as long to heal. Like I, yeah, okay, yeah, so yeah. four, a month ago, longer, five weeks ago, I hurt my back getting off a one foot stool. <laughs> Don't ask me how right. that happened. Like I felt this little twinge, I'm like, oh, that's not good. Next day, I could barely walk. It took a week. Yep. You know, I still worked no matter what. I still worked through it. Now it's this, which is like the best thing to do. Just continue probably. to injure yourself. 
<laughs> that's always a good plan. But that's the, that's the way that we do it, isn't it? We just push yeah, through it, man. Cool. Throw some we're dirt on it and walk it off, man. Spit we're on it. Right. Wrap it do. with electrical tape and keep working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cur- Curious Patriot said, newsflash, all men are that way. Uh, yeah. uh, oh, I know. Favorite, I acknowledge our, that. I acknowledge uh, that. Our favorite place is puppies and pillows. <laughs> Why go out when that's <laughs> what you love? Yeah, I get it. Like, it is it is weird that's another thing me and my friend were just talking about this oh check this out so my buddy chris okay he's 55 but dude the guy has always been built i mean like he's won competitions for you know bodybuilding and stuff like that he's small mm-hmm. he's only like five five eight five nine um sure but he's always had this natural build even when we were like in sixth grade he had a natural build so he can get just ripped and whatever and bulky yeah so that's, doing, that's so, how i am so, so he's like a couple months ago. He's like, "Oh man, everything's hurting." I'm like, "Dude, you gotta stop this ridiculous powerlifting trip you're on." Like, you're yes. like, So he calls me the other day. Actually, I called him, and then he's rub like, some bacon on it. That's right. I'm, yeah, I'm like, "Hey, you've been working out at all?" He's like, "He's like, yeah, I'm entering a competition." I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" I said, "What are you gonna do?" He's like, "Powerlift." <laughs> I'm like, no, "Dude, I said, dude, I did powerlifting." I said, "What are you thinking?" So listen to this. 55. He's squatting almost 600 pounds. That's a good At lift. 55 years old. Then he's doing deadlifts. I forgot what he said. He's deadlifting. And then it's bench press, but he's got a bad shoulder, so he can't really do a lot of weight like he used to. Um, so he's sure. probably going to do like 240 or something. But he used to be able to do like oh. 300. He's, so 55 years old, and he's still squatting. You know, yeah, that's good. He's, he's like, dude, when that weight's on the back of your neck, you feel it. Like, you know how much weight is there. He says, one little mistake, your arms get ripped off. <laughs> like, literally, like, because you're holding all Sounds that, like you know? a great thing to do. Yeah, it sounds like a real yeah. good plan. I'm like, why would you <clears throat> want to do that to yourself? I never I got to squatting that much, but I got up there. I definitely got up there in weight. And I'm, yeah. I mean, you see me. You know, I've always been really muscular. I've always been really muscular and very strong. But I'm just kind of like, you know, I'm only five foot ten. I'm not like a really, you know, big dude. But I've always just been really strong. And so, wait, yeah, wait, I mean, I didn't. Five ten. Uh, yeah. You look taller than yep. that. When we're standing next to each other, I always thought you were about the same. <laughs> no, I'm five foot ten, hmm. and uh, you know, but I used to do powerlifting. It was the same thing. You know, I could I could deadlift around four hundred, and you know, I could I could squat. You know, up 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 closer to to around four hundred. Now, you know, that's that's pretty good. I mean, that's a pretty substantial weight. It it impresses the gym bros at the gym when they see right, a dude right. that's my size walk up and you know rack that much weight. But literally after COVID happened, um, when we couldn't go to the gym, I just I got disconnected from it. Dude, the thought of going and trying to lift that kind of weight to me right now, uh, it's the last thing on my mind. Um, I pick things up and I put them down. It used to be the way things that I did things. Uh, but nowadays I'm like, no, I'll hurt myself. I'll stand up and my arms will still be attached to the bar. I'll watch. I mean, good for him though. That's, the, that's impressive, man, to still be doing that, but he should probably really give his joints a, a break you I'm know, because you, I like, feel like and- it's going to, it's going to catch up with them real soon here he owns a meat company so he's constantly he's delivering too so he's lifting all yeah, this heavy yeah, stuff yeah. all day long like it's yeah, i don't sure. know I, he's going to be all bent over and a wreck by the time he's 60 years old but anyway i'll support have him. a spine like an s yeah yeah but he's he, i'm telling you i remember he was, Bacon. We used to, we used, he was a big rambo fan so we used to always call him rambo that was his nickname or, or rocky and so in gym class I'll never forget this. Like, it's like eighth grade. Remember the um, president's testing they used to do? 
Oh yeah. Yep. So you had to do like pull ups and all. I don't know. They had a bunch of sure the rope climb. Yeah, yeah. So I think at the time you had to do. I think it was six pull ups or seven, but you had to do a military style. So you had to have your hands like facing that direction right there. Yeah, yeah. And so those were the hard ones, right? Doing them that way. So like most guys got up there and they did like two. Maybe three if you were lucky. Like it's right? something to say pulling your own weight up, man. It's it's not easy to do. You no. gotta have upper body strength. Well, they call they call him up and everybody's going Rambo, Rambo, and he was always like built, right? So he gets up there sure. and he start he just starts like knocking them out like nobody's business. So he, he knocks out like ten in like five seconds. Then he starts doing them one handed. <laughs> he's like he's like fourteen <laughs> years old and he's doing one handed like chin ups. Oh, he's like showing that. off. He ended up doing like 30 or something. It was something ridiculous. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I set the record at my middle school <laughs> when I was in eighth grade. <laughs> Did you? Record school. Wait, yeah. For I, yeah. For, yeah. For pull-ups. Yeah. Oh, I was, I, I think I want to say I did like 45. I just kept what? doing them. They just, they just let me keep going. Wait, like this or the other way? Which ones? Uh, the pull-ups. Okay. Yeah. Dang, man. Yeah. That's I but did, again, okay. again, I, I was I was sit-ups. ninety pounds probably, and I was like four foot eleven, so I didn't have that yeah. far to pull myself up, yeah. <laughs> you know. But I was like I said, I've always been really strong, and I was training for I was conditioning for wrestling like all series all season long. So I was literally like running five miles. I was doing two hundred push ups every single day. You know, I was just I was I stayed in really good condition when when I was when I was in. Seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth grade. I was I was completely ripped. <laughs> like yeah, I was, was just, man, it was I the always, whole thing. I was a beanpole. I was always skinny and weak. No, I was yoked. But but then when I got out of high school, I started working out and I got strong and got kind of buff. But I could never put weight on until I got married. <laughs> when I got married, that's when it just <laughs> like like dude, you know how big I you you see me in person. So I mean, I'm yeah, six yeah. foot. I'm about two twenty five. Okay, I go between two twenty and two thirty. Yeah. When I was in high school playing football, I was the same height I am now, and I weighed 145 soaking wet. Jack Skellington with a oh fro. Oh, my gosh, dude. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Q-tip. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it was ridiculous. And I would get – in my coaches oh, – This was, we had the uh, state wrestling champ that played football with us. His name was Jason. And sure. they, would put, they would put me, this little skinny guy, up against Jason for these drills where you lay on your back helmet to helmet. And then they oh, yeah, yeah. So you, have, you have to get your feet and then, you know, engage. Right. Dude, sure. He was on his yeah. feet before I could even like think about being on my feet. And he's got me <laughs> pinned to the ground. He weighs like 200 pounds. I'm like 145. Like it was ridiculous. And he was the stage. Yeah. 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 I mean, if it makes you feel any better at this point in my life, I'm uh, I'm five ten and I weigh, I weigh around 205. You know, uh, most people don't believe it when I tell them that I yeah, weigh 200 I pounds. Yeah, I <laughs> but i do and it's because of muscle weighs more you know yeah. it's just it's it's what happens i got a, i got an office job at one point well it wasn't entirely an office job it was supposed to be i was building these it um classrooms for ross medical schools and so we would travel around like every couple of weeks we'd go to a different one either in michigan or in indiana illinois ohio and we'd build these computer labs and when we didn't have that to do then we would just have to sit at the office because we were guaranteed 40 hours and they wouldn't let us sit at home. So we'd literally just have to sit there. And so we'd sit there and, you know, tinker with phone systems and whatever else, you know, organize the shop, you know, do this, that, or the other to pass time. But I got up to 227 pounds and I looked like Homer Simpson, 
It was ridiculous, man. My daughters were like, dad, seriously, what, what are you doing? And I'm like, it's, it's because I'm just sitting around and I'm eating all day. That's all that I'm doing. They're constantly catering in meals because a lot of our clients own restaurants and they're sending us stuff to eat all the time. And it just got to be terrible. And so that's when Angie and I got with a trainer and that's when I really started picking up the powerlifting again. And I dropped down from 227 to 185 pounds. I almost lost 40. I lost almost 40 pounds. And then I put on like 12 pounds of lean muscle. And so I sit right around like that 200 mark and my body just doesn't change. <laughs> it's like, and just like, I don't get it. You haven't worked and you're still so strong. And I'm like, well, I've always been strong though. I guess I've just, I've just been fortunate that I've always been strong because I've never been a really big dude. At least I could be strong. See, construction made me strong. Like, cause I wasn't yeah. like, I could, I could do a lot in curls. I was never a bench press guy. I never had that kind of, but I could do tons sure. over my head like this and I could do a lot curling. And but right. it, my legs kind of, eh, you know, but I could never bench press, but I got to say like construction, I can like carry drywall basically with one hand and like hold it like this because <laughs> my hands are like, you know, meat puppets now. Like they're, they got all these muscles in them. They never used to be this way. They were real skinny and whatever, but I've been doing this. Now you got lobster claws. Yeah. So it's like you, it, your body adapts to your, you know, occupation, your circumstances, which is God's plan. And it's pretty cool. So Tamgrow apparently was a presidential physical fitness award winner. We've got she some legends. We've got some legends going on here tonight. She was a champion. She was a champion. I, did, I think I I think I did sixty sit ups was not my thing, but first I was in a groove when I was doing them for the thing, and I did sixty. It was was it minute and a half that you had? I can't remember, or, two, or was it a minute? I can't tell you timestamps, man. It was. I think it was two minutes. I think it was two. I think I did. I, th- I want to say I did like seventy five or eighty and a minute and a half or two minutes, which. I was dying after that. My, you know, remember how your stomach felt like it was just gonna like pop out of your skin when it was all yep, tight starts like burning. Oh man! Yep, yep starts that, burning. <laughs> no, I was a. Don't. I, I was a uh, exactly. That's what it was. I mean, I'm I'm being I'm being mm. completely transparent with you guys. I What's was looking other pretty frumpy. Mm, donuts. <laughs> yeah, donuts yeah that's the thing i looked like i lived on donuts you know i was like oh my gosh look at me man i can't even believe this has happened so i had to do something about it so i completely changed my eating habits and started really clean living and the whole deal and that's important because you know you got to take care of yourself because your body you know our bodies they they you know they suffer from what we do to them you know, I think I have back problems. I have low back problems um, kind of often, like every so often I'll just, I'll wake up and I'll have my low back, like all the way down by my hips hurts. Like it's barely even my back. It's like right above my hips, you know? So, and I think, I think a lot of it had to do with um, me wrestling through all like my earliest years of development. A lot of that trauma that i caused to my body which i could just shake off because you know at that point you're invincible it has an effect you know like and later on in life you're like okay maybe maybe that caused something because i wrestled for a lot of years i mean i was uh i was a two-time freestyle state champion at wrestling and uh i was a one season i was all american what is that sticker chops Chops put in there. Rambo, what is I don't that? know. I see it. It's like a, is it a video game character? I can't tell. 
My eyes are too big. Like <laughs> buff. It's like a buff. I don't know. Somebody buff with like a big sword. I'm not sure what game that's from. I think it's from a video game. Curious said, I'm almost 60 and in the best shape of my life because I work a physical job. But man, I hurt. And yes, healing takes three times as long. It does. And that's you know, the I problem is a, when you stop. Blessing. It's not when you're doing it. It's when you stop doing it. You're it's like, a blessing oh. and a curse. That's what oh, it is. I mean, if I didn't have this job, I, I don't know what I would look like. Oh, my gosh. Like, I, it's keeping my weight off. That's for sure. And that's the weird thing. Like, I couldn't put on a pound. Like, when I, if, like, from the time I was, you know, in high school all the way through probably 25, 26, I could not gain a pound. Put on oh, a there's pound. an on-off switch for that. There's an on-off switch for that, I promise yeah. you. Yeah, once you hit about a... once you hit about 30 that switch just goes it, it goes off it doesn't work anymore <laughs> well the first year i weighed 170 when we got married i did put on some weight working out or whatever but then rambo bright rambo bright <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, now i see it <laughs> yeah, that's awesome that's a um, good one i um when i we got married though i think that year i put on another 10 pounds so i went up to 180 and then all of a sudden, it was like maybe four years later, I'm up over 200. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. How did I get over 200? And now it's like, I mean, I could gain weight just sitting here <laughs> talking right. to you. Like, I don't even <laughs> understand it. Like, yeah, you just look at some donuts and you're like, yep, there's a pound. Just oh, looked man, at I, it. I'm sure the French <laughs> look vanilla, away. I'm sure the French vanilla cappuccinos aren't helping either. Well, I keep telling my daughter, my daughter, she's, you know, she's always been really physically fit. You know, she was, uh, she was a swimmer in high school and everything. And so she was like, I mean, in high school, she was buff, like swimming really toned her out. Like my wife and I would sit there and watch her up on the block. And it's like, look at her legs. It's unreal. Like, I mean, she was just, she was so built in it just from swimming. And, um, you know, now ever since she graduated, she doesn't compete in any sports, but she stays, she stays in the gym. She stays pretty active and you know, she's, you know, she's just a pretty active girl. She's not really lazy, lay around sort of person, but dude, the things that she eats, I'm like, you have to change your eating habits now, because I'm telling you, it's going to catch up with you. She, you can't just come home and kill an entire box of macaroni and cheese, and then just lay around in your bed and watch your iPad or whatever, and expect that it's never going to have an effect right now. She's, she's 22. And so she's like, in the, still in that invincible phase where you know she can eat like a garbage dump and it just doesn't matter but i'm like trust me you might want to adapt those habits now and learn portion control because all the carbs that you eat is unreal it's unreal like i gain weight watching her eat <laughs> like just right watching on, her eat it's, it's amazing pastries oh that sounds delicious oh man. is the weakness come on yeah. cream right, filled man, like enough enough about oh. food and fitness let's watch another let's, video let's, let's do it let's if watch. you tried to describe what god is like it could be difficult or daunting but when the people who wrote the bible pondered the mystery of god they consistently describe god's character in this way compassionate and gracious slow to anger overflowing with loyal love and faithfulness we're going to look at the second key word in this statement gracious the hebrew word is chanun which is related to the Hebrew noun chen. This word chen is often translated as grace or favor. And if you study how this word is used throughout the Bible, you find a fascinating story. One meaning of chen is delightful or favorable. In the Psalms, a skilled poet is said to have lips of chen, 
That is, he can craft beautiful words that bring delight. Or a dazzling piece of jewelry is an ornament of chen. It attracts attention and favor. This is why chen is often the word used to describe a gift given with delight or favor. In these cases, chen could be translated as grace. Like in the story of Esther who approaches the king of Persia to ask that she and her people be spared from death. She calls this a request for chen. And because the king delights in Esther, he favors her and grants her wish. So giving a gift of favor is chen because it's motivated by delight. And the most extreme kind of chen is showing favor to someone who should get what they deserve, not a generous gift. Like Jacob who cheated his brother Esau, ran away, and then after 20 years wants to come back and make things right. So he comes to Esau asking, may I find chen in your eyes? Jacob isn't asking for what is fair, but for favor. And surprisingly, that's what Esau gives him. He chooses to delight in his brother Jacob and show him grace that he doesn't deserve. Now, chen requires a generous spirit, which people sometimes have. But in the Bible, the one who shows more chen than anyone else is God. Like when God rescued the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt, and they quickly betray him by giving their allegiance to a golden idol as their God. But then Moses steps in and asks God to consider giving a gift that they don't deserve. And God says, yes, by showing the ultimate act of chen, forgiveness and a promise to be with these people. This character trait of God is so reliable that over 40 times in the book of Psalms, people cry out for God's chen when they're sick or in danger or when the Israelites are in exile. And the biblical prophets like Isaiah looked back to God's chen in the past and boldly declared that God will one day show chen to his people by delivering them and all creation from death and ruin. Now, when we turn to the authors of the New Testament, they describe God's chen with the Greek word charis, which means gracious gift. Like when we're introduced to Jesus in the Gospel of John, we're told that Jesus is God's glorious charis become human, sent into a world of people trapped in darkness and death. Because according to the Apostle Paul, we're like the living dead. God has handed humanity over to the destructive consequences of our selfish decisions. But, Paul says, God is rich in mercy, and by his charis, he's rescued us. He's talking about how Jesus' life, death, and resurrection are offered to us as a generous gift of life that is more powerful than death. And as with any gift, all one has to do is receive it. So now you can see why the biblical authors talk so much about this description of God's character throughout the Bible. When people are willing to own their failures and ask God for chen, he has a consistent and generous response. God gives the gift of himself, his life and his love. And this is what it means that God is gracious. Awesome. I like the Bible project. They do some good work. Yep. I, I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I like the little characters that they use. That's a gift, man. Like speaking of gifts, like when you can like, I know you're an artist, so you, that wouldn't be hard for you, but like, just, I don't know, like coming up with the concepts, storyboards, whatever they do to come up with these cartoons, you would think like, gosh, that the graphics are terrible. 
<laughs> compared to like modern day animation and stuff like well, that. Well, but it's like cool. less is That's more like, though. Yeah, exactly. Like it actually works. Less is more. I don't think it needs to be like too crazy. I mean, it's just got to be simple. Simple. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think. I don't think the imagery is what's meant to to catch your attention. It's it's what they're teaching you. Right. right exactly. But it's <laughs> you, know? you know, I the word changes obviously from Hebrew to Greek in the New Testament, but it is cool. Like, you know, we talk about God's extended grace, but yeah, that grace comes through His Son ultimately. Like to give your own Matt, can you imagine like giving your own kid, like as a sacrifice? Like think about that. Like how in the world? Like but yet God gave His own self, His own Son, <clears throat> to the world for sinners, for people that were unregenerate losers that <laughs> rebelled against Him, didn't want anything to do with Him, and yet He extends this hand of grace to us. While not because we were getting better, not because we were trying to, you know, earn favorites, but because he says, you know what, they can't do it on their own. I'm going to help them. And then Jesus, before he ascends, tells them, I have to go so I can send the comforter. So I can send the Holy Spirit to help you live this life and to be sanctified daily and, and walk in this evil, corrupt world. Like, so he, he gives his son, then he gives his own spirit to us to accomplish his good works in this world. It's amazing. Absolutely. That's that pervenient grace. Yeah. That grace that, that is given. Pervenient. <laughs> <laughs> I know it starts with a P and it ends with a T. Good job. There's a yeah, B yeah. in there too somewhere. There is. There is. Yeah. Pervenient grace. Absolutely. What other I actually learned about that. Um no, the first time I actually learned about that. Have you ever heard? Well, you obviously know. You know about the the story about the road to Emmaus, right? Mm -hmm. And so there was a um, this organization when I was, you know, I guess you could say kind of a a baby in my faith, and I, you know, I really needed a breakthrough. And they basically they did an Emmaus walk, and so my wife went, and she just found it so profound because literally it was uh and I, I can say it was actually like a major turning point um for me and in, in i guess trying to get understanding um because you know i only knew the basics at that point and so i went to this emmaus walk and it was an entire weekend and the crazy thing about it was they never told you what time it was there was no clocks that were there you weren't allowed to use the phone. Uh, you were supposed to completely be dedicated to connecting with God. That's what the whole point of it, the whole thing was. And then they would have breakout sessions um, every couple of hours where you would get a message or a testimony. You would hear, you know, someone, someone else's experience with all this. And the funny thing is, you know, you came into this room with all these men, um, you know, because they did, they did it with all men. Um, and then they did another one with women. And uh, so you're in there with all these dudes that you don't know. And literally by like that Sunday when it's time to go home, it's like you're a family. Everyone knows everybody. Hmm. There's just this, this, uh, it was just this crazy amount of love that just showed up in that, in that area, you know, because we were all connected and doing the same thing. We were all there for one common goal, you know, and 
that's where I first learned about the prevenient grace. That's why I first learned about the levels of grace. Cause one of the, one of the, the, the sessions that we had, the, the pastor taught on that. And I was just sitting there and it just kind of blew my mind to, to really actually stop and think about it, you know, because I didn't have, I didn't have anything but time to think about it. I couldn't just all of a sudden just step right past it and then get distracted by something else. Is like nope, you know, you do your session and then you have a breakout where you basically you go and you sit by yourself and you spend time in prayer or you read the book or you know, or you you know, write down notes and thoughts, things that you know you may feel like God is speaking to you, uh, that you can share or not. And it was just it was a really profound, profound experience in going through it. But I just really I think that's where I really first got that concept of grace. You know, because it was interesting, like by the end of the first night, I wanted out of there. Like I wanted out of there, like like my skin was on fire. Like I just I, I couldn't stand being there. It was just too much, too much information. I didn't like being stuck. You know, I didn't like not being able to communicate with anybody. I didn't like not knowing what time it was. I didn't like not knowing if it was light or dark outside. You know, I just didn't yeah, I didn't like that. Rough. It was it was really hard, you know. I mean, and this was a this was in a day and age where okay, I don't I think uh I did have a cell phone, but this was just like, you know, like a Nokia brick phone. It wasn't like nothing none of the stuff that exists now existed then. You know what I mean? That's how long ago this was. This was early 2000s. And and uh I just I found it so amazing to sit back and think about it that it actually like I was raised in I was raised in a thought process that like you know boys don't cry. Mm-hmm. You don't express your emotions. You know, you 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 just you you hold it in is what you do. Even if you're hurt, you hold it in. You know, like when I when I broke my arm, I just I didn't even shed a tear because I just didn't want my I didn't want my dad to be all over me because you know I was I was crying from pain you know so i just i learned to really suppress that part of myself by that sunday i was weeping man it it unlocked so much inside me that it was unreal you know i mean it it was something else they did these other things that really got you though like at one point we went to do uh what we thought was like a full group session and we went into like the main sanctuary and family members were there you know, uh, friends, you know, my pastor at the time was there. So like everyone's looking around, you know, in the room and you're seeing all these people that are there as a support system for what you're doing. And it's just, it was really moving. And then, uh, before you actually leave on Sunday, they give you an envelope and it's full of letters from all these people that have sent letters for, to you, Hmm. you know, encouraging your walk and, you know, just encouraging what you're doing and trying to strengthen you. It was just, it was a whole nother experience. And I really feel like I wish that everyone could, could experience it because it gives you such a different understanding on all of it, really. I mean, I'm just connecting with yourself, connecting with God, like taking the time and being in a community where we're all striving for the same thing. There was no strife. There was no arguments. There was no fighting. There was no anything like that. You know, and it's just really opened you up. It was a, it was a, it was a big thing. It was a big thing, but that's where I really started to learn and understand about grace was on that Emmaus walk. And I mean, what's the story about? Can you tell us, Gino, can you tell us what the story about Emmaus was? 
No, I don't remember. <laughs> what? It's been a long time. <laughs> I should know it, but I can't remember. I was thinking that uh, when you were saying, I'm like, wait a minute, do I remember this or don't I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. I used to. I just don't know if I. It's my old well, age map. You got to study it, man. You got to study it. Birthday. Uh, a couple of our bro. old friends have stopped by. Michelle Ann has dropped by. Good to see you, Michelle. Also, uh, oh, Christopher David has stopped by. Good to see you, Chris. Thanks for stopping by. And, of course, Joyful June has entered the chat room. And you know what that means, Matt. Got to put it out there. That. Those beautiful sunflowers for our beautiful friend, Joyful June. June um, said also, uh, where was that? Good evening, y'all. Hope everyone had a nice day. I'm shopping on my pillow for some sheets using promo code INSIGHT. 15% off, sister. 15%. So, yeah, get yourself that discount there. Um, you know, Matt, I was thinking about that the other day. We haven't, we haven't, I don't run ads anymore. I don't know what the deal is. We're going to show you your website, by the way, in a couple seconds here. But let's go ahead and run my pillow just for the heck of it. Mike Lindell, and in light of the recent events, your continued support means everything to myself and my employees. To thank you, we're having the biggest sale ever on all my pillow bedding. Get my pillow bed sheets for as low as $29.98. A set of pillowcases for only $9.98. In this economy, instead of buying a new bed, rejuvenate your bed with a my pillow mattress topper for as low as $99.99. We also have blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles, like plush, waffle, or gossamer, for as low as $29.98. We even have pet blankets from small size to the ones for your car. Get huge discounts on duvets, quilts, down comforters, and so much more. So go to MyPillow.com or call that number on your screen. Use your promo code and you'll get huge discounts on all MyPillow bedding, including MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $29.98. Get all your shopping in while quantities last. Please order now. So Matt, did you want to explain explain Emmaus? <laughs> yeah, I can, I can tell you. So Don't leave us all hanging now. Emmaus was Emmaus was a town. Emmaus was a town, and there was uh, there was two dudes walking on a road to Emmaus, and this was after um, Jesus's crucifixion, hmm. and they were discussing the crucifixion of Jesus, and he actually he met them there uh, on the road, but he was, he was hidden from their now, sight. They did, they I did remember. not recognize him. Yes. I and remember. so he asked them, you know, what are you talking about? And they were like, how do you not know of the things that have happened? You know, how Jesus was, he was crucified and, um, you know, they, they kind of broke it down to him. And so he walked with them as they walked to Emmaus and they invited him into their home <clears throat> to have a meal with them. And so as he sat there, when he broke the bread, their eyes were opened and it was made known that they were actually walking with him, that he had actually returned. And it, it actually says that in the word, what does it say? Hold on a second. I, I have the scripture here. Um, let's see. Yeah. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. So once he was made known, once it was made known that they were with Jesus all along, he disappeared from their sight. And so that was the that was the whole road to Emmaus. <laughs> so he yeah, encountered these I, men I, I that were suffering. That. Yeah, they were suffering because of the crucifixion. And they were walking home and he encountered them on the road. And, uh, you know, 
so I think that was like the whole that was like the whole premise of the Emmaus walk that I went to is, you know, he's going to he's going to meet you where you are and make himself known to you. And that, you know, that was the goal. Obviously, if you were there and you were, you know, willing to receive and were perceptive of it. I'm not going to say that everybody had the same breakthrough experience that I did, because I, I do feel like some some of them, maybe their wives just signed them up for it. <laughs> you know, some of the guys that were there were just there to hang out with some dudes all weekend. <laughs> you know, like maybe talk a little bit about God and, you know, cook wild game for dinner every day, you know, because that's what it was, you know, like they would have wild game for the meals and everything. But it was just it was interesting. But that's what the road to Emmaus was about. It was about the two men. I know one of them's name was Cleopas. I can't think of what the other one's name was. But yeah, they encountered Jesus on the road home. And he yeah, walked with them and is that always kind of weird? Like there's there's a lot of mystery in the Bible, let's face it. I mean, like Jesus yeah. was unrecognizable to them. Like now they had probably never seen him, granted. I mean, but you would think in his glorified body, <clears throat> you know, people would be like, Boy, this this dude's a little different. <laughs> you know you would think yeah that, but but apparently you know <laughs> the angels what well, it says we've entertained angels unaware so i mean even angels sure appear as human beings and look normal or like a you know some homeless guy or whatever but i always find that fascinating like just um even even uh thomas remember when he saw jesus he was like what the <laughs> like he's kind of freaking out if doubting I thomas like, yeah i mean like i don't know it's just it's always been kind of interesting and even at the tomb right when jesus was risen um, they thought the angel was a gardener. Yeah. Right. Just, it's so, um, I don't know. I guess the supernatural is very weird, I guess. Is, <laughs> it's, 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 it's not um, of this world, obviously. I mean, that goes without saying, but it's a strange thing. And when you do encounter it though, when there is that moment of encountering the supernatural, and I mean, probably everyone here has had some experience of some mm -hmm. kind of, whether it's demonic or, or good, um i've encountered that's for both sure on several occasions but it's it does blow your mind because you're we're so wrapped up in this physical carnal nature when you enter into that realm unintentionally most of the time i would say um other than when you're in worship or praise or something like that but it's weird like it really like you're like oh my gosh that is so bizarre like <laughs> it's beyond physics right it's beyond anything of this world yeah this universe it's absolutely this other dimension that's there <clears throat> you know when i first started to like actually have experiences because i would say my spiritual eyes began to open and i started to actually well i'd always had experiences let me rephrase that ever since i was a kid i just never knew what what it was you know like i could i saw things like shadows move in the dark and it was just like I didn't understand it, but it's like, I know I just saw something move, but it's, it's dark. How do you see a shadow move in the dark? Shadows are usually only presented in light. So, you know, I, I always had these experiences, but I never knew what they were. And then as I got to a point to where I really started to get an understanding and press in and um, I guess really separate myself from a lot of bad influences that, you know, I guess I, my perception heightened and I could understand what experiences even I had as a child were. And like, I, I can remember, I used to go into people's houses because I worked for Comcast Cable for eight years. And I would go into people's houses and some of the places I would go, I just, I could feel that it was a bad place. I could feel that bad things happen here. I don't know what it is. 
and I'm not about to ask. I'm just going to try to get this job done and get out of there. But I can feel something in this atmosphere that is just really unsettling to me. You know, one of the most interesting experiences I've ever had, I did a, I did a job for, um, what is the, what is the name of the a place where, um, the nuns, the nuns are at, like they take, they take a bow and they never, yeah, they never leave the grounds. Yeah. So I did a job for Comcast at one of those places. And it was because they had these two rooms that they had decorated with like all the, the creature comforts of the outside world for if they had family members that wanted to come and visit them and would stay. So they had TV and everything in these two rooms, but it was nowhere else. And so I'm trying to run cables in this place. And the entire time I was there, my skin was crawling. But the entire time that I was there, my skin was crawling. These women that walked through there, it didn't even seem like they were walking. It literally seemed like they were floating. It was the, it was the wildest thing because I'm working in these long, long hallways, pulling cable runs and I look both directions. I don't see anyone. And then the next thing you know, I look behind me and there's one of the nuns standing there. And it's like, I didn't hear a sound. And you just walk down a hallway, the size of a football field with tile floor. And I didn't hear a sound. Like, how did you get there? I mean, like I was so jumpy when I was in that place. I went outside and I told Angela, I'm like, something about this place is just, I don't know. You would think this is like holy ground and that it would be a whole other thing. I was, my, my, my senses were firing the entire time I was in that place. It was the wildest experience. I couldn't wait to get out of there. I've so, had, it was just, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'll tell you though. It, was, it one, was so wild. One of the most evil things I experienced, I, I was working at my brother-in-law's house doing something in his basement. Um, oh, I was wiring a light and you know, it was a low ceiling so I could, it wasn't on a ladder or anything. And it was just me, me there and his dog. And like, man, all of a sudden it got very cold and I heard this voice as clear as you and I talking. He said, and it was a male voice and it kind of had like a, like a, what do they call it? Guttural type voice. You know what I mean? Like sure. deep with it. And it, it said, I hate your effing guts. <laughs> and I was Whoa. like, what the, and I'm looking around. I'm, and I mean, I, man, it made, you're looking at the problem. dog, like. Oh, What's dude, up, man, I, it was the creepiest thing ever. And I, and I just rebuked that thing instantly in the name of Jesus. Another time, uh, I mean, on the good side was when my wife's back got healed. That's when I first became a Christian that I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever told the story, but that was, I heard God's voice. I mean, it said, touch your wife's back. I mean, that, that day was full of supernatural stuff. And it was crazy yeah. that her back got healed from something that was pretty much, she was going to have to live with the rest of her life because of a screwed up epidermal when we had our daughter. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, dude, like, so, and that's just a couple. I've had other ones with, like, you know, ghosts, you know, and all that stuff. But um, yeah, it's all that. It's all deception, isn't it? Like, when it's on the evil <laughs> side, funny. it's just deception. What are you looking at? Uh, you see Joyful June's comments, like, mm. she's like, oh. sorry, my cat just walked across my keyboard. You know what was funny? You said Comcast and Convent in the same sentence. Say that three times fast. <laughs> I'm telling you, I mean, I'm telling you the truth. It was just, it was the weirdest experience. It didn't, I mean, it's not like, I didn't feel like I was in any danger there, but just something set me off spiritually that this is just not a good place. And it kind of conflicted in my mind because I'm just thinking, 
I thought that this was like supposed to be a good place, but something about this makes me want to do nothing but leave here. Yeah, and probably because was, there was some bad things going on with the nuns and the priest. Well, <laughs> I, listen, I can't, I can't speak to that because I didn't, I didn't witness anything mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when I was there. It was, it was atmospheric that it was, it was bothering me, and it literally, it, it affected me the entire day. Like even after I left there, I was there for a couple hours, and you know, the whole rest of the time, I'm just like the whole rest of the day, I'm thinking about it. Like that was so bizarre. That was so weird. Like it's just. You know, I got so used to working because I always worked by myself. You know, they didn't send us out in pairs, you know, and a lot of times when we would go, when I would go to do installs at places, most cases, the the the, the customers, the clients, because when we started doing things, that was considered a commercial project. So when we did commercial work, typically you didn't have anyone supervising you. So I got used mm -hmm. to being like out in like these big buildings off in the corners of basements and, you know, not having anyone around me, knowing that I'm the only one that's there. But, you know, so I'm not like a skittish person, but the whole time that I was there, I just kept feeling like I need to look behind me. I need to look behind me. I need to look behind me because there's like something behind me. And it's just the weirdest thing. And every now and again, I would turn around and there would be a nun behind me. And it's like, how did you even get here? Like, how did you even get here? <laughs> it's like, that, uh, it's like the butler and Mr. Deeds. <laughs> I'm serious. Just, like very, very up. sneaky. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like. It was just, it was the, it was the craziest thing. Like these, these women must've thought that I was crazy because I'd never been so jumpy in my life. <laughs> so like I turned around like, you know, like, ah. yeah. <laughs> they're like, what is this dude's deal? He's like super skittish. No, I'm not a skittish person, but something about this place tells me that it's a bad place. <laughs> like, uh -huh. And you I know, can't another, shake it. Another weird thing that happened. I just remembered when Julie, when me and Julie were dating, she was living with one of her friends that she worked with and they, she had this gigantic vase in her bedroom and it was real thick. I mean, the walls of the vase were probably like this. Oops, wrong way. They were about that thick, like maybe an inch or a little thick. I mean, the whole vase was made out of clay, right? And it was stood about maybe two and a half, three feet tall. And it was in the corner of her room, whatever. She had like fake flowers or something in it. And so one day I'm at work and she calls me and she's like, she's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So, this, this house is, something's going on. It's weird. Something's going on. I'm like, what, what, what? She's like, she goes, I don't know. I'm hearing weird noises and stuff like that. And it was like in the middle of the day. It was a spring day. And so I'm driving, later on, I'm, I'm driving over there. And I get to, to the house and she's freaking out. She's like, oh my gosh, something just happened. Something just happened. She was, I was vacuuming. She's been trapped in the house with Casper all day. Uh, yeah, she's she was vacuuming the room. like, But on the other side of the room and the vase imploded on itself it had no cracks in it no nothing trust me that vase was there forever it literally like caved in on itself and it was still standing hmm. and it just happened like in the middle of the day with her just vacuuming on the other side of the room so now mind you in the next house they moved to she was living with some other friends and her it was her grand this her friend had grandparents that would go travel during the summer or something so they would get the house and there, it's three girls staying there and they are constantly saying there's weird stuff going on here there's weird stuff like they were working late shifts so they would come in and they'd see like a shadow or they'd see somebody with a hat on you know like just weird stuff yeah yeah well one night i'm over there <laughs> oh gosh this is so weird and i'm in the bedroom and we're watching tv or something and all of a sudden we hear something out in the kitchen 
and this happened a lot, Matt. The kitchen doors would open and close, and the, the right. cabinets would be open. And you're no like, home. "Hey, go check yeah. that out." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I'm, exactly. I'm gonna stay here. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm sitting there, and and I hear something, and then the dog, she had a um, Rottweiler, big Rottweiler, oh. and and I hear him like growling, and he's down the hall. So I'm like, <laughs> we're, you know, we're young, we're scared, and we I open the door. Like, just, like, to peek out, me and her, both, like, it's imagine the three stooges, like, putting their heads around the corner. It was just like that. Right. And the dog's at the end of the hallway, which is maybe, like, 12 feet away. And we're staring at the dog. So, like, there's nothing in between us. But the dog is, like, just growling and staring at something. And it, it wasn't us. I don't know what he saw. And we're, I mean, you talk about the hairs on the back of your neck standing up, man. I was just, yeah. like, it is, it, the dog, I forgot the dog's name. I was going to say Ruger, but that's a friend's dog. Um, anyway, and it, it just kept growling. Like, it wouldn't stop. And finally, he just, like, the dog went away, and then that weird feeling went away. So I don't know. There was all kinds of weird stuff going on in that sure. house, too. So sure. I don't know if it was following her around or what was going on. But that And that's before I was a Christian, obviously. So I would, I would have rebuked it and got rid of that thing and knew what it was. But at the time, you know, you're thinking, oh, it's a ghost. It's a ghost, right? But Matt, so many times the doors would be open, cabinet doors, the drawers would be pulled open. Um, you'd have a door shut and all of a sudden it's open. <laughs> it's like, what is going on? It was weird. The black shadow with a hat. Yeah, it was a black shadow with a hat. It was a guy, like they said, it looked like one of those um, brimmed hats, like those old brim hats. Yeah. You know, like the like from the 40s or whatever, like the press. It's or funny that so many people have that, have that encounter um, because it's not, it's not uncommon. Like my wife's, um, my wife's cousin was married to a man. His name was Rodney, and he said that all of his life he had constantly been visited by a man in a black hat. And then later on, when his son was little, um, his son Tyler would tell his mom that he saw a man in in, in a black hat in his room. And so Rodney was like, "Yeah, okay." unfortunately it's still here <laughs> you know like he just had gotten so far into his adulthood that he i guess he just stopped seeing it or stopped paying attention but yeah i mean it's just really interesting you know when i was when i was growing up i saw all sorts of things and i would tell my parents and they just thought that i was making it up i mean that's just you know that's one of those things it's like they thought that i was making it up i can remember because the house that we lived in we lived in a little rental house and it was like maybe 900 square feet it was a small house on a slab no garage no basement and my room was at the end of the hall and so where my head was on my pillow I could look down the hallway and I could see the front door and I always thought to myself if someone breaks in I'm dead <laughs> like they're gonna see me right at the end of the hallway and like I'm the first person that they're encountering you know but I would just, I remember I would stare down that hallway when I was a kid. And sometimes I would see things go past the window on the door. There was, there was a time where I saw smoke coming out from under the bathroom door into, into the hallway. And I was like, is there someone in the bathroom? Like my mom did smoke cigarettes, you know, like whatever. But you know, I kind of peeked into my, over and my parents' door was closed. And I opened the bathroom and there was no one in there. But I literally could see smoke coming out from under it? the door. I could smell it. I could smell smoke. So I thought maybe there was someone in the bathroom. Like maybe my mom was in there. I don't know, just having a cigarette or something when she was using the bathroom. But no, there was no one in there. 
<laughs> it, was, it was the craziest thing. It was like, right. these are the experiences I had. It was just strange. But I think I, I always knew that I was set apart. And again, that goes back to like to go full circle. I know that that goes back to the concept of grace because my family has had a lot of demons that have been following them for years. And unfortunately, a lot of them are succumbing to all these craziness, all this crazy things. And so somehow I was I was picked to be able to recognize and see these things. And so I do. I believe now that it was God's grace in my life that made me aware of these things that other people weren't aware of, you know, and it's just that's the whole thing. It's like. It's just really interesting, man, the way that the way that God does things. You know, I know that he's protected me from so many things. And, you know, even when I even when I didn't deserve it, even when I didn't deserve it, when I was a rebellious teenager and I was out doing stupid things and, you know, we were out getting drunk and driving around on grass shit and, you know, all these other things where he protected me from my own stupidity. You can't tell me you can't tell me that isn't grace because there's plenty of times where I did it. I did stupid enough things that it could have gotten me killed you know, and, but I always, I was always protected from even my own ignorance. I realized now that it was just, you know, it was, it was God watching over me because I wasn't watching over myself. I was yeah. living with complete reckless abandon, you know, it was just reckless abandon and living in rebellion and loving it, <laughs> you know, like whatever. I, I, I hear you, man. So I think of so many thank God for his grace, the stupidity that I exhibited as a young lad, just doing dumb, dumb stuff. I mean, not as dumb as my friends. They were really dumb. <laughs> but I was like, I was, you know, just driving drunk and just doing it. Like all that, like just dumb stuff. And you're like, and I have like a lot of my friends are gone, man. I mean, they, they were same. Killed. Like, I mean, killed in car accidents, you know, same uh, cancer. Do you name it? Like all, I'm, there's a lot of my group and we had a pretty big group. A lot of them are gone. Absolutely. Fact, um, for my for my birthday, yesterday, my friend sent me an old picture of me, him and our friend Chris. And she's. You know, she died in a car accident. She got hit by a drunk driver, actually. Um, her yeah. and her husband, Greg, was my, they were my friends. They both married each other, and they both died the same night, had young kids at the time. It was terrible. And you're like, mm -hmm. man, it just goes so fast, dude. Like, I mean, like, you, like at any moment, <clears throat> I could have really been does. dead. I could have been dead and unsaved. But God knew that, you know, I, he was going to draw me, and I would answer the call. And I'm just thankful for that. But well, that's, that's the thing. that grace that was extended. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, that's, a, that's exactly what it is. You know, now, now I'm the one who's going and praying at bedsides with my, with my family members that are, you know, succumbing to illness and, you know, are, are <clears throat> unfortunately, you know, they're dying. And it's like, now I'm the one who goes and I praise I pray at their bedside. You know, I'm the one who's there trying to, you know, see where they, where they are with God, you know, and it's just, it's really interesting how it's gone like full circle. Like I had no idea back then that, that things would be the way that they are now, but God did, you know? And so that's why I, because he was so obedient for me and, and protecting me and all my stupidity. I couldn't, I could not answer the call now, even if I don't want to, because the thing is there's people that I don't want to go see. There's people that I don't want to associate with, you know, there's houses I really don't want to go to. But I go, you know, because it's the the grace that was extended to me. I'm extending here, you know, where to be the hands and the feet, you know, and that's really that's really what it comes down to. Because yeah, I mean, I 
I did so many stupid things. You know, I was the one in I was the one in the group that everyone got excited showed up because they had no idea what I was possibly going to do that night. It could have gone any way. <laughs> you know, it could have gone from, you know, whatever. Me getting into a into a big brawl fist fight. It could have gone into me running down the street naked. It could have been in the, it could have gone anywhere. You know, and I had I had no plans any night. Thankful I never saw that. (laughs) Listen, this is another reason why I say, and I know I'm not the only one who said it. I am so grateful that there was not camera phones because I guarantee I would have been. I'm talking like I'm talking TikTok, (laughs) YouTube gold. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like I would have I would have had millions of views on the stupid things that I did had someone been recording it. Like, I mean, holy Thank smokes. God. I am. That, there's, yes. there's some grace, grace that there That's, was no phones. Listen, that it did, that that technology didn't exist back then. Because I guarantee, oh man, reels of me would still be being shown. I guarantee it. It's like 20 years after I'm not a kid, they're still, they're, they'll probably still be selling that, that footage to people and they'd be playing it because it was just, I was so, I was such a, I mean, the thing is I had no, I had no accountability when I was a kid, you know, my parents were drug users. And so I didn't have anyone to tell me what to do. Plus I didn't have a safe place. You know, I didn't have a place where I felt like safe and secure. And so I had the major spirit of rebellion. So I literally just didn't care. I didn't care what happened to me. I didn't care in any way, shape or form. Like I didn't fear any bad thing. I was just like, whatever, I don't care. We'll see what happens. (laughs) you know like it's just it was really bad it was really bad and that's why i'm just i'm so grateful now and you know my wife she always says you know god has always had his hand on you because you have done so many ignorant things (laughs) and it was for a time such as this he knew that this time was going to come and willful (laughs) well that's the whole thing yeah I mean, it's like, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know, like I said, I didn't know then that this would, what this would be what the situation is now, but he knew. And so I know that he, he protected me in, in his infinite grace for a time such as this, because there was, there was an appointment for me because there was a lot of things, not only my stupidity could have killed me. I mean, I could have died from having epileptic seizures that I had for like five years where I almost died like four different times from it. You know, just a lot of things like it was interesting because one time I went into a church and uh, I'd never met this guy before. We'd never been to this church before. I'd never met this guy. And he gets to the point to where he's doing like uh, an altar call. And no, I'm and this was just this was just in like the last couple of years, you know, so this wasn't like years ago. But this guy calls me up and he's like. Um, well, what had happened was we were at a, we were at a deliverance service. And so Ange was up front. She was, you know, she was full on in worship mode and doing her thing. And I was just sitting, well, first I was standing there and worshiping. And then I just felt really, really hot all of a sudden. I almost felt like the sun was shining on my back. You know, like when you go out in on a hot day and, you know, like, even if it's not really hot, but the sun is just really cooking down, you can just feel that heat. And I felt it all over me. And so it was so, it was so intense that I had to sit down. And so 
I just thought it was really strange. And it, you know, the stretch was all the way over in Wald Lake, which is, you know, quite a distance from us. And so right around nine o'clock or something, I was like, okay, you know, we should get going. And, um, so, cause we had a long drive and we had to work the next day and whatever else. And so we get to going to leave. And as I'm walking towards the back, this guy steps out and he grabs my hand and he's like, can I talk to you? And I was like, yeah, yeah, for sure. The guy's name is iron. Like iron <laughs> you know, is his name. And, uh, so is it a he real starts... guy or yeah, yeah, no, no, okay. no, no, this is a real, this is a real guy. Okay. This is a real guy. Um, and so he, he starts talking to me at the back of the room and he's telling me, you know, the devil tried to take you out several times when you were young, but he couldn't do it. And it was because there's a time such as this that you were appointed for. And so all of his efforts were thwart, were thwarted. He said, he, he tried to take you out over and over again. Even when you were in the womb, he tried to take you out but he couldn't do it. And I'm thinking to myself, like, how do you know this? Like, how do you know this? How do you know? And he's like, you know, sickness couldn't get you. And, uh, you know, all these things that he's breaking down. And I'm like, you don't even know me. Like, we've never even been introduced to each other. And he tells me, you know, when you were sitting there and you were worshiping, I started to, I extended my hands and I started to pray for you. I really started to intercede for you. I'm like, okay, so maybe that explains why I started to get really warm. Like I started to feel that heat from behind me. Some like I could feel this heat from behind me and it got to be so heavy that, like I said, I had to sit down and it was just like this weight of the situation changed. Um, and it was just, it was really amazing to me because he was basically telling me like, you know, the devil is attempted. He's attempted, he's attempted. And his efforts were thwarted because there's a time such as this that you were here for. And God was telling him this, like, this is his time. So watch him, like, watch him, just watch what he does. And I'm like, okay. So I walk outside and Ange was like, what is that about? He's whispering this in my ear. So Ange can't hear it. There's all this music and everything that's happening. And so I walk outside and I start telling her and she's just like, wow uh he doesn't even know you i'm like i know he doesn't <laughs> like i know he doesn't know me it's the first time i ever met the guy like and, and he jumps up and starts whispering in my ear my life story and it was the wildest thing it was the craziest thing i mean god is just so good he's just so good that's how it, it was, was amazing when I, first, when I first came to christ like i've only been going to my church at that time for maybe a month and i had a real bad night the night before and i'm i was like really down and depressed and i said lord i need someone to speak to me tomorrow whatever you know and i barely even knew what that meant but i remember i walked in the next day from the back of the church and this woman is all the way in the front of the church not facing me facing towards the front of the church towards the stage i start walking in i sit down and my friend was there brian um, I wave at him. I sit down in the pew. And as soon as I sat down, I see her stand up. She was in her probably late 70s at the time. She stands up, turns around, and just makes a beeline right for me, man. And I am just looking at her. I'm like, and the night before, Matt, before I, I was really down and depressed, whatever, I saw her face in my mind, like as I went to sleep for some reason. I just like saw her. And I didn't know her name at the time. I just knew she was from church. Anyway, she comes making this beeline for me and she points at me. She gets up to me and she points right in my face. She says, young man, I was young at the time. <laughs> She's like, young man, God's got something to say to you. And man, she went on a rant for about 
I don't know, probably seven, eight minutes of prophesying over me and what was going to happen and how God was going to use me and all these things. Like she just went on and on and on. And I'm bawling my eyes out, man. I was like, holy crap. Like I knew it was God speaking to me. I just knew. And her name was Grace, <laughs> which ties in with our show. Imagine that. And I became, I started calling <clears throat> her my spiritual uh, grandmother at the time. And we became very good friends after that. And she didn't remember prophesying over me. She's like, she goes, what happened? I'm like, Grace, you came up and you literally like prophesied over me for like, you know, seven or eight minutes. She's like, really? What did I say? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's happened I'm to like, me though. Um, I'm going to be honest like, with well, you. That's happened to me. Some of it was good. Yeah, that's happened to me. I've had people call me. Angela, when Angela had to have a, she had to have a partial hysterectomy at one point. And um, I'm sitting there in the waiting room when they had taken her into surgery. And I'm just kind of sitting there, you know, I'm praying and just kind of waiting. And it was a long, long day. It was a, literally, we were like one of the first people to get there. And I think I was the last person to leave. Like, I mean, it was a long day. It was like one of those time lapses you see in an 80s movie where every now and again it flashes and I'm laying across the chairs and then I'm half on the floor. And I'm just like trying to get comfortable and I'm on, you know, I'm my nerves are a wreck. But I get a phone call from a guy that I hadn't talked to in years and he'd start saying the same thing. Like, don't you remember you said this, that and the other to me that changed my life? Like, and I'm like, no. I don't, I wish I could say that I do remember saying it, but I don't, it's like, I don't remember telling you that it's like, it's happened to me a bunch of times. It's happened to me a bunch of times where people have like all of a sudden out of the blue, I might not have talked to them for 10 years. And they're just like, do you remember that one day? Like they remember it vividly because it was a turning point for them, you know? And so it's time stamped in your brain, you know, when, when you have a, an event like that, where it changes the trajectory of your path in some way shape or form you remember it you know but me just saying like you know this that and the other it's like okay you know um well this is what i'm feeling this is what i'm feeling led to tell you and so i'm going to tell you and i'm just going to leave this here and then i'm going to keep on <laughs> moving you know and i i've had it happen to me before where it's like i can't even remember like what did i tell you <laughs> i don't remember it cool, that though. it is cool like when this like when his spirit is like leading you or prompting you yeah. And like I've had, I remember like that would happen quite a bit with me too. Like where even if it was just like something about a scripture, like in a Bible study and people are like, oh man, like, how'd you know that? I'm like thinking like, what the heck did I say? <laughs> like, I don't even yeah, know exactly. I'm not, I mean, I'm it's not, not sure. it's, and I don't want it to be sound like we're uh, being led by like, what do they call that? Automatic writing or something like where you're channeling sure. some spirit. No, it's just that you're being led by his spirit. And it's almost like this out of body experience type thing. It's not, but it's, I don't know how else to explain it, where he is actually, he is leading you. And it's just like when he, remember he told the uh, disciples, he says, he says, don't worry about what you're going to say in that hour when you're standing before Kings and Queens and judges and all that stuff. I'll speak for you. It's kind of like that where you just kind of let him lead. And yeah. It goes. Just come. And it's, it's pretty amazing. <clears throat> what happens. Yeah. I mean, it was, it will just come. I told you about the guy that I worked with, um, and he, I told you how he was like really anxious. He was like a nervous chihuahua. And so he kind of yeah. drove me nuts, you know? Yeah. And it was just like, he had like a really rare form day where he was just like destroying everything that he touched. And, you know, I was the one that was running the project and I had all these deadlines and all these people chasing after me. And this guy's making all these errors, man. Grace was not in my mind that day. Honestly, I, I wanted to, I wanted to literally kick this guy right where the sun don't shine. I was like, I was about to lose it, you know? 
And so I actually took a walk, you know, and I told him, I was like, you just, you stay here. Cause he's like, do you want me to come with you? I'm like, no, stay here. He's like, what do you want me to do? I'm like, I don't care what you do. Just stay here. <laughs> you know, cause I had, I had to take a walk. I had to walk it off. And then that's when I, I felt led to tell him like, God hasn't forgotten you. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm almost having this argument with God. Like, that is not what I want to tell him. There's a bunch of things I want to tell him. And that ain't it. That ain't it. Like, I, I want to I want to say some nasty things, like, in a big way. And uh, so God tells me that. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. And so I, like, argued with, I'm, like, almost, like, arguing with God for, like, the next, like, hour. And he's like, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, this can't be the devil. It's not like the devil's going to tell me to tell somebody that God hasn't forgotten him. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm just like, okay, fine, I'll go tell. And so I go and I, and I just let him know. And I just, that's literally all I said. God wants, God wants you to know that he hasn't forgotten you. And then I just left it there. I didn't say anything else to him the whole rest of the day. Cause I was still a little agitated with him, but I was being obedient, you know? And, uh, naturally the next day he, I knew he was going to stew about it all night. I knew he was going to and the next day, like six o'clock in the morning, he charges right to me. Why did you say that to me? I couldn't get it out of my head. And I'm like, I didn't say it to you. And he's like, well, what do you mean? Of course you did. It came out of your mouth. I'm like, yes, but it wasn't me saying it to you. I was telling you what God was telling me to tell you. Like I was conveying a message for you, my guy. And he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, think about that. And I left him to sit in it. This like spun out to like the next like six months of me ministering to this guy, not knowing that, you know, he had been backslidden in his faith, his wife and he were separated. They were living in different homes. You know, all these things were happening. His life was in complete turmoil. You know, he'd gone to, you know, using, he was smoking a lot of pot and he was drinking a lot and just wanted nothing to do with God. Next thing you know, I come into his life and all these things happen. And I didn't know, but he's mending fences with his wife. He's fixing his relationship with his children because he's going home and he's telling them the things that I'm feeling led to give to him. And so the next thing you know, we're, we get invited over to his house and his wife is, she's just literally weeping, looking at me. And I'm like, this is awkward. I've never even been to your house and I've never even met this lady before. And she's already crying like, uh oh, you know, but she she breaks down and she basically says that I saved their marriage. And I'm like, I didn't do anything of the sort. I just was obedient in what God was leading me to do. And she said that she had been praying for God to send someone. For, for God to send someone that would that would that could get through to him because she couldn't and then he, she's like and then all of a sudden he starts calling me and telling me about this guy at work and what this guy is telling him and how everything's just making a lot of sense and then he you know he starts to do his own study and starts to really start doing his own biblical research and all these things to kind of corroborate the things that I was telling him you know he's trying to find holes in everything I'm saying but he can't find them you know what I mean and so it was just, it was really interesting the way that it lined up. And I mean, again, we just, we circle, we circle, we circle, but we just come back to that whole grace conversation because this was a guy that I didn't want to deal with. I yep. literally did not because of that obedience. That's why you're co-hosting. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, that's, that's, that is, that's my friends. That was my friend and that was her husband. And I didn't know him. I know her from high school. We've actually done yeah. shows with her in the past. And she told me, she says, uh, 
she says, I want you to come out to our church and talk to, to my youth group. Yeah. And, and that night I go out there and I, they had 40 kids or something. I don't know, 30. And I did a little presentation thing, talked to the kids, whatever it was, it was fun. Um, and then he comes up to me after and he says, man, Hey, I, I need you to meet this guy that I, I, I work with. I, I think you guys need to talk. <laughs> I'm yeah. Like, I'm like, really? Okay. Yeah, cool. And then I kind of forgot about it to be honest. And then she contacted me later because we were, we did a couple shows ago. She's like, oh, you need to, you want his number? I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, let's, I'll talk to him, whatever. And it, it was you, right? So it's like, it's funny how it's if me. you weren't, if you weren't obedient, that, this doesn't even happen. I don't even know you. I don't know Angela. We don't know AC. I don't go to resting place. Like, it's, it's <laughs> funny how God just like, one act of obedience can bless things forever. It like, turned right? into it's like butterfly blessing. <laughs> like, yeah, it turned into all of and this. And so. By the way, another weird thing you you brought you bring up that story, and she actually DM'd me yesterday for my birthday, and she's yeah, like, "Oh yeah. man, brother, we haven't talked in a while. Like, we got to catch up, you know, whatever. And can you come out to the church and talk to the kids again or whatever?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'll do that." And I was thinking, I'm like, "Okay, cool. Me and Matt are going." <laughs> I said, yeah, "We're yeah. both gonna go out there, and we can kind of get Why that not? story." So, yeah. Why not? So yeah, I mean, yeah, I kind of so I kind of briefly talked about it, but I mean, it's just it's amazing to see what God is doing in His life. You know, now he's he's yeah he's co completely reinvolved. He's co-pastoring with the yeah. youth group, and he's just he's on fire. He has so much more confidence and yep. you know boldness, and it's just like wow, look at what look at what God did, and it was through my frustration. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm being completely honest. You know what I mean? I guess a lot of people think, oh, people that are in ministerial roles or pastor roles are just always calm and copacetic and they never get angry and they never get upset. And no, that's not the truth of it because honestly I had so much pressure on me at the time. He was really the last thing that I needed. You know, I just felt like the world was on my shoulders and he was not helping. And so it just took me to a whole place, but that's where, you know, that's again, where that grace comes in. Cause God knew, he knew how I was feeling. He knew how I was mm -hmm. feeling. He knew the thoughts that were going through my head. He knew all the pressure that I was under. And he chose that moment for me to drop a seed for this guy. And I didn't have to do it. I didn't have to do it. It's not like I was going to get struck down by lightning if I didn't, but I was just like, ah, okay, fine, fine. I'll do this. I'll do it. And then it turned into just a wonderful relationship you know we're good friends and you know we have had some really profound conversation it's just it's been good you know i mean i gained a i gained a friend i, I believe for life several friends i believe for, have, i believe for life we should have them on to give the testimony because pauline like i love pauline like we've been friends well, she's been, you know she's she's been on the show with us but yeah i don't know if because uh, i think i've mentioned it to to steve before and he was like uh i don't know about that i don't know about being on camera he might, <laughs> like, he might do it now he might he do maybe it maybe you know i mean who knows we'll like we're gonna go out to his church you and i will go out there for a wednesday we'll, we'll have go. to cancel our we'll show because it's on wednesday nights to youth group but it is and, it is um, yeah because i went yeah. out there and i spoke to the i spoke to her youth group also oh you did i did oh, i did cool. it was actually it was kind of awesome too because i was sitting there and there was a there was a young man in there. I he probably 15, 16 years old, and I, of all the kids, I mean, they have a really great group of kids. You know, they're all really attentive. They're all, uh, you know, they all really are active, and so yeah, they're active. You know, they 
they you know when you're when you're teaching with them you know they're interacting they're inter interacting with you and you know and so it's just they're really engaged and so which is awesome but i noticed this one young man and he just couldn't take his eyes off of me and so as i'm like painting the room you know trying not to look at the same person or make anyone feel uncomfortable i just i every time i pass him he's like he's got laser focus on everything that i'm saying and i'm just like wow you know this kid's really engaged turns out because I was giving him a little bit I was giving him a little bit of my testimony like where I came from and how I ended up you know to this point now where here I am teaching you guys but this is this is kind of the humble beginning that I came from and uh he he comes up to me like right after I'm done you know after you you do a teaching I don't know if they did it with you but after you do a teaching they do like an interactive game um which is what they did and then after the game they just kind of let him hang out because you know they they have that whole house and uh so he comes up to me and is just like i mean he gets like six inches from my face and he's like i need to talk to you and i was like okay well in that house that they have down on the the basement level they just have like couches and like bean bags or whatever i guess for them just to hang out and talk or whatever down there and so we go down there and he was like i didn't think anyone else lived a life like mine and i was like how so and so he started to explain to me about how he was going through this point of rebellion and how he was really resistant to things and his home life and all these other things. And it was like, it was like, I was telling him his story and it, 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 it like, it, it blew his mind, you know? And so he's just like, I'm just so happy that I'm not the only one, you know, he thought that he was the only one, like he was, he was alone in his suffering. And this is why it's so important. For us to be willing to speak up this is why it's so important to to be willing to be transparent and to give testimonies because you never know who you're reaching in that room i was in there with a with a, a youth group these were these were kids far younger than me these were kids younger than my kids you know and let alone there's one in there that you know found a lot of inspiration from what i was saying because he could relate to what i was saying because he was actually going through it real time you know, and I was just like, wow, you know, geez, <laughs> God is so good. It's, it's crazy. And then after that, he wanted to arm wrestle me. Testimony like he was powerful, insistent. Man. He was uh, insistent to arm wrestle me. And, you know, no one's going to argue a testimony, Matt. Like when you when you give a firsthand account of what's happened, what God's done in your own life, people believe it. It's not, you know, I'm, we're not fabricating something like you can tell it's a genuine, authentic moment. And it does connect. I can't tell you how many times I've given my testimony to someone and they're like, man, like, I didn't know that. I didn't under, I didn't understand that. Or now it, things make sense to me or whatever. Like because sure. God can use those, those transforming moments in our life to transform somebody else's life. Like it's, it's really amazing to see that. All right. One last video and then we're closing shop. How Let's are we it. saved? Are we saved by grace alone, faith alone? What part do works have to play? Don't works, aren't they important? How does all of that work? And unfortunately, you know it as well as I do, all that stuff gets thrown into a blender and everybody fights about it and everything else. But let me just, let me let me read you a passage of scripture here. As Paul says to um, Titus, as he writes to Titus in chapter three, starting in verse four, he says, but when the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us 
First of all, the most important thing here is he saved us, not us. He saved us. This is, this is one of the greatest biblical teachings that there is, is that our salvation is something God has done in us. It's not something that we do. Even Jesus in John 3, when he says to Nicodemus, you must be born again, in the Greek it's passive. Nicodemus has nothing to do with his being born again. He's passive in God allowing him to be born from above or born anew or born again. And so Paul says he saved us. Listen here. Not by works of righteousness that we had done, but according to his mercy, through the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. The point here is, is that we're not saved by our works, but that doesn't mean that Christians shouldn't have good works. This is the problem. What we can't understand is that we're reading Jewish people talking about subjects that they understood way better than you and I do. James is usually referring, when he talks about works, he's, he's talking about the final standing before God. Paul is usually talking about entrance into a relationship with God. But Paul in Philippians 3 has a really cool line that he uses. He says, I'm pressing for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That upward call is a, a metaphor, it's, a, it's athletic. And what it's talking about is at the end of the race, um, the people who win the race, they get called up to the podium and they get given a medal. Pa Paul is saying, hey, at the end of the race, when I get done, because he says before that, in a few verses before that, I've not attained, I'm not already perfect. He says, but when I get to that race, God's gonna give me a, a reward because I've ran the race good. The thing not to put together is that the running of the race is what saves us, it doesn't. What saves us is Jesus and his work. But if Jesus and his work have saved us, then we will run the race, and at the end of the race, there will be fruit that God has done in our life. And it may not be a lot for some people. It may be a ton in other people. But there will be works and there will be fruit when you stand before God that he produced in you along the way if you really are one of his kids. We're not saved by our works, but we also don't teach that we can do whatever we want to do and be a Christian because that's nowhere found in Scripture. Christians are supposed to be doing good works. They're supposed to be living lives that are pleasing to God. But it's not the works and the pleasing of the lives that save us. They testify to the salvation that we already have. Amen and amen. Well said. Facts. That's it. Facts, That's people. what it's about. That's he what will, it is. It will, it will compel you to do good works because you realize what he did for you when he didn't have to. A just God doesn't have to, Matt, step down into the cesspool called earth, into his creation that's been tainted by mankind, and yet he did. Like, I always think of that, like, that's the, the vivid image I always try to think of, is it's a sewer. This place is a sewer. It's disgusting. It's filthy. Uh, it's never going to be cleaned up. It just keeps excrement <laughs> to be nice it keeps flowing through those pipes underground and it's a disgusting place you wouldn't want to live in it and yet he came down into that the perfect god of the universe who created all things created us in his image he comes down and he steps into it and says you know what no they're worth saving like that's it's mind-blowing and there ain't another religion on this planet that teaches that and I, I've heard, you know, people say, oh, well, it's similar to this and that. No, it isn't. It isn't. That This is a unique story of the creator coming into his creation and still being fully God, but fully man. 
you know, that's try wrapping your brain around it. <clears throat> but saved a wretch like me. Like, how awesome is that? Amazing grace. Amen. All right, brother. Well, <laughs> let's uh, show you your website here before we go. This is heatstreetdetroit.com. Matt's hot sauces. Matt, you want to do a little explaining here? I'll yeah, that's the sauces. place. Um, well, you know, our, our sauces are all naturally produced. They're made with real real fruits, real veggies, and, of course, peppers. We don't use anything dried or flaked. Everything is done naturally, even with the preservation, using distilled white vinegar, organic lime juice. They're, they're just really amazing. You know, these are, these are God-ordained recipes. Um, these, are, these are recipes that were downloaded to me, um, and I just, you know, I followed through with it. Uh, there's a there's a big vision for this not only to present freedom enough for my wife and I to be able to do ministry full time but we also want to be able to take the resources in the future and you know be able to fund into to ministries and missions and warming centers and recovery centers um, you know there's a big vision that it's tied to but it started with me making some hot sauces here in my kitchen so I mean, yeah, if you if you guys are hot sauce lovers, give them a try. I mean, they're really good. The pineapple, every five bottles of pineapple hot sauce has a full pineapple in it. The 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 cherry pineapple, that's an homage to Michigan. We're we're like the cherry capital. Um, that's what we're known for here. And so of course I had to do a cherry, but it's got real cherries in it. It's an amazing flavor. I think Curious Patriot was eating it earlier, which is awesome. And then the honey roasted habanero, we slow roasted the habaneros in wildflower honey. There's garlic, there's basil. It's just, they're, they're really good sauces. If you're interested or you know anybody that likes hot sauce, give them a try, give them a shot. And give us a review if you don't mind. Thank you very much for any support that comes that comes from it. I, I yeah, greatly appreciate it. That is heatstreetdetroit.com. Go check them out. Uh, Matt, I know uh, good reviews so far from all the people I know that have ordered stuff and reasonably priced, I must say. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, like, I mean, I Frank's mean, the... hot sauce, you know, if you eat Frank's, I mean, what's that for a bottle in, in uh, I don't know, Kroger, Walmart, whatever? The, Eight, the red hot probably. sauce? Uh, uh, no, it's it it's it's cheaper. cheaper. It's cheaper because it's it's produced with pepper flakes and vinegar. It's basically all it is is spicy vinegar. Um, there's not really any real ingredients in those. And so I could actually I could actually have gotten by making my sauces for a lot cheaper, but I don't wanna I don't wanna compromise. I will want to actually feel, you know, I wanna enjoy what I'm eating, but I actually also want to feel good about eating it. So yeah, I mean that's that's why I didn't really compromise in that way. It, it is a little more expensive to actually make it, but it's worth it in the long run. Well, when you make my hero sauce, and that's what we're gonna call it. <laughs> Yeah, have to for my the for spicy my ketchup. It's gonna be some. I want salsa. Let's see. I want. I want. So I want tomatoes, garlic, onion for sure. Some basil. Yes. Do I want in there? What 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 would go good with that? Maybe. Um, hmm. I gotta think about it. Maybe a couple other things that I, I. And then throw that in a blender and let's see what it tastes like. And I want it kind of medium spice, so it's enjoyable. Not that I'm burning my tongue out of my <laughs> mouth. <laughs> Or my throat. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, we have, we have some more recipes that I'm going to be developing right now. We just have the three sauces, but you know, in due time, it takes time. There's a whole there's a whole process that you have to go through. 
in order to get there. It's not just simply creating a recipe, bottling it, and then selling it. It's just, no, there's a whole process. So you have to go through the FDA. You have to go through a process authority. You have to have your nutrition facts and ingredients tested. It's it's a whole thing. But I mean, I'm sure there are those that are out there that haven't gone through that process, but I did um, because I wanted to be absolutely certain that not only am I producing a great product, but that it's safe. It's not too acidic and it's safe for consumption. You know, I, I want, you know, people to enjoy it and not have to be fearful or whatever that someone's going to have a reaction to something. If you're allergic not to pineapple, that. don't eat the pineapple. Matt, not only that, though, I mean, the FDA, we all trust the FDA. Okay, as soon as that stamp of approval's on there from the FDA, we all <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. I'm sorry. Like listen, I don't but like I it. I don't it. like it I any more it. than you than you do, talking. but in order to actually legally make a, a food I know exactly an edible, yeah. you know, an edible yep. actual condiment that is for consumption, you have to go through that process. If you yep. sidestep it and then heaven forbid someone does have an allergic oh, reaction yeah. or whatever, yeah, you're gonna be in a world of trouble. And it's yep. kind of that kind of trouble I don't want. So Curious loves him, said, stick to what works first, work on the core three. They are very good. I love it. Awesome. Yeah, they are. I, I got to say, like, Matt, I don't even like pineapple or cherries. And I yep. I thought it was very tasty. Like, and I don't even like those two things. But well, they're not primary. They're not the primary flavor because they're they're part of it. But it's not overly it's not overly pineapple because, you know, of the cilantro and the lime and everything else that's in there so it's not just a, it's not just pineapple when you eat it there's there's a whole variety of flavors that happen even with the cherries and the pineapple and again you know we have the fresh cilantro and then the lime juice and you know the vinegars that are used it it kind of creates a whole flavor all in itself my wife's a real right big up. fan of the of the pineapple one but yeah thanks for the shout out i appreciate that yeah we're going to be doing that on every show showing your website so hopefully we get you some sales and people start recognizing what a great product it is all right guys have a blessed night thank you so much Appreciate absolutely you as always right here on the fox so also the lurkers over there on rumble thank you so much yes um, thank you also what is today's wednesday man today is already wednesday speaking of time okay so tomorrow yep. rescue the fosters i think we're gonna have kk on kk is one of the founders of rescue the fosters she was in the system but we haven't we haven't had kk like tell her story since the very beginning so we're trying to get some kids to come out I say kids, she's in her, you know, 24 or whatever. But um, we want other kids that have been uh, in the foster care system and adopted that have suffered at the hands of abusive uh, scumbags, for lack of a better word, uh, to come forward and start giving their stories because we're trying to overturn that system that's just a uh, disgusting juggernaut of uh, stealing money from the American people. Anyway, enough said about that. So see you tomorrow night, 730 Okay, also, go over to Better Lately. He's going to be live in 15 minutes. I'll see you guys there in the chat. Have a great night. Be blessed. Matt, as always, my friend. Yes, good night, everyone. Love. Blessings. Love you. Love you, bro. Take Love care. you also, homie. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.